Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 312, everyone. Live, apparently, on July 12th, 2019. Attending tonight is Adriel. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's me. There you go. Trevor. Yes, hello, I am here. And I am Random Dave. I am apparently your host and saying things. Yeah, it just really weirded me out the way you did it the opposite way from... Okay, look... Welcome to the show and stuff, but we don't do change, man. You introduce yourself first. <laughs> you don't do change. <laughs> no. Uh, change is bad. Change since, hurts. Since the change was throwing you off, I decided to throw in more change to throw you off. Further, <sighs> Why? So. Yeah, you find the simplest little things to drive me bananas. It's awesome. I do. I yeah. do. It's good. Good yeah. idea. So, um, yeah, there we go. Hmm. Uh, how'd I do? Great, keep going. Yeah, no, I yeah, okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> see, well, you want reassurance after every segment, absolutely. Oh, oh halfway gotcha. through every segment, I didn't realize you were a millennial. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Dave. You're doing awesome, buddy. Oh, man, uh, great job. Thanks. It oh, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't what we top. normally do, but that's okay. I didn't even comment on how you pronounce the number 312. Very accepting. Yeah, I got respect for you, Dave. I let that stuff go with you. Ah, oh, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. All right. Uh, okay. I should, uh, so the next thing you do is just do like next? read read this part that's selected. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what we did with guns this week brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier feed to the firearms retailer. <laughs> Doing great. Doing great, Dave. Apparently, they have a Mossberg Maverick 88 ODG. 12 gauge, uh, yada yada, etc. Sounds very exciting. Pump shotgun for 289. Quite reasonable. And it's ODG, so it's super tactical. Now listen, awesome. listen, new guy. I didn't copy and paste that stuff in there for you not to read it. You guys sell this thing. Well, like, uh, all that stuff. It's, it's a mass. Yeah. It's a it's a Mossberg 88. Yeah, everybody knows what a Mossberg for 289. It's in ODG. That's the different part. That's okay, cool uh, there's something else that's cool too. Typically, the Mossberg Maverick 88 is a straight-up copy of a 500, which doesn't usually have that good of a magazine <laughs> tube, nor can you add to it. But when this one, you don't have to add to it. It goes all the way out to the end of the barrel, and it, uh, which is mm-hmm. only 20 inches, and it'll hold eight in the tube, one in the pipe. So nice. $289, you're getting a pump-action shotgun that holds nine rounds right out the box without doing anything? Thank you. Yes. But... No interchangeable chokes, just cylinder bore. This is a tactical shotgun. Dude, you can get it threaded. For $289 and $100 to get it threaded, why not? Like That is super reasonable. It is super reasonable. $289 for a nine-round capacity pump-action shotgun? Yep. No, that's, that's, uh, purpose that's... tactical. That's what it says there. <laughs> I meant to take that last part out because that part is really cheesy. The purpose of the shotgun is tactical. It is. You, it's tactical. Eight-round cylinder bore. It's tactical. It's a tactical yeah. shotgun. <laughs> So it's eight rounds of three inch. How many two? How many two and three quarter would that hold? Is it really? Uh, that's probably a typo. The cylinder's three. It's probably if it was eight of, uh, it, 
would take nine. Eight, eight three inch would take nine. So you'd end up with 10 rounds. But I'm assuming um, I would put money on it that this eight rounds refers to two and three quarter. Mm-hmm. 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 So, because eight rounds of three inch would be real long. Yeah, real long. Um, yeah. Five rounds <clears throat> of three and a half is seven, two and three quarters. So, yep. Yep. Five point something. Very cool. Anywho, well, that's neat. Go to Calgary Shooting Center and buy yourself a fancy Mossberg Maverick. Very cool. All right, Trevor, what did you do in guns this week? Um, a crap ton of cooies. Yeah, I bought a crap ton of cooies. Yep. So here's um, this one is in the house. I picked it up as soon as I got home. So shout out to uh, Joey over at DC Armory and Denia at DC Armory because they had this on the wall there. And I went in to see them the day after we did our cooie episode and they were like, throwing it at me hey look you want cooies here's a 410 cooie i'm like slow down i gotta go to calgary i got a thing i'll uh anyway i paid for it while i was in calgary um once i found the uh 20 gauge at the uh cabela's then i paid for that and then i sent them the money for this uh and picked it up when i got home so this one model 84 in 410 and in the mail right now is the 20 gauge that i bought at uh, cabela's and the 16 gauge that I bought what, the night before I left, I was making the arrangements before I flew out. So the guy didn't want to ship, uh, which is fine. He was in Calgary. I was in Calgary. I sent the EMT. He brought it over to uh, Jeff, and Jeff put it in the mail for me. So I bought three three Kui so far since our Kui episode, and uh, three while I was uh, in Calgary. So I've had to rearrange the shotgun section of the gun room. To uh, make room for my uh, my Kui, your Kui section, my Kui section, yep, my Kui shotgun section, mm-hmm. my Kui twenty two <laughs> section will go down there. So if I turn the camera over here a little bit, you can see. Ta-da! That's the shotgun. Now, of course, that's Yolanda at the top there, and that's the shotgun section. And if you look over my shoulder, there's Yolanda again right there. I don't know. Apparently, there's other girls in the calendar. I I, I haven't actually checked. So, um. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that cooies. Um, so I need twenty eight, and it looks like um, Gallon has a line on a twenty eight. I also bought some parts for my Alberta Tactical Rifle Supply Modern Sporter. Uh, I picked up a Rainier Arms receiver extension kit, and then I also picked up this from my good buddy Jeff at the Calgary Shooting Center. If you don't shop there, you're a communist. So this is a loophole. A one and a half to four, super lightweight, comes with a loophole cantilever mount as well. But what's really cool about this one, I already have one like this. It's the Mark AR. Um, I've got scope one. I've got, what about? I've got that scope on my AR. That's what I shot the maple seed with. Oh, no oh. way. And, and does yours have the button? Uh-huh. Oh, cool. See, my other one doesn't have the button. This yeah. one has the button. And the button is for the illuminated reticle. When you push that button, the uh, center of the duplex turns green. It also has a circle in the middle of the reticle. So this reticle is a lot more um, suited for three-gun style competition than my other Mark Air. My other Mark Air is just a straight-up duplex. So that one will go on the modern sporter, and this one will go on... Um, I don't know, either the SLR or the uh, STI three-gun rifle. Nice. I'll go on one of my gaming rifles. I'll be interested to see what you think of the uh, of the illuminated reticle. Have you used one before? I have. Um, I've got uh, two Strike Eagles. One is one to six, and the other is one to eight. And they're both very busy and illuminated as well. They've got like the red donut of death. You just put it over the 
over the steel or over the paper and let it fly like metal over meat and and the hits are there i almost and never then, use my aluminum reticles oh really i would always yeah yeah like a red dot's different because it's like a dot and it's it's more obvious but i always find with the reticles it's just good enough just as is either it's uh, too bright and it, and it gets washed out and it's it's lame or it's you know it's so not bright enough and the black is fine so you, you know, if you were of the school of thought that you need to focus on your front sight and therefore focus on your reticle mm-hmm. with a duplex plane, not illuminated reticle, I often don't focus on it. I seem to look past it at my target. This, these illuminated reticles help me focus on the reticle like you're supposed to. So for me, they, they, they certainly uh, complement my shooting style. Focus on the reticle. Keep your MPOA. Don't focus that's, on the target. Move the rifle instead. That's right. It's like it's like you teach the stuff. It's almost like it was drilled into my brain over the last week. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, while I was at the charity shoot, I was talking to Rick, the owner of Alberta Tactical Rifle Supply, and we were talking about the production dates of the second and third runs of the modern sporter. And I was under the impression that my modern sporter would not be in until March 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know what led to that. Um, something to do with slick side versus forward assist, maybe. Anyway, Rick confirmed by looking at the data of my email that I was actually in the second production run and will receive my receiver set by the end of August, sometime into September. Whoa, Ooh. Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? So it gets even better. Mm, I guess I can talk about that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, w- I worked out a deal where mine is going to come with the following serial number. It will be um, ATRS ATRS 18 hyphen MS hyphen FUR hyphen LATTE. <laughs> nice. I'm going to call them and see if I can change that to Trevor Socks. Uh, <laughs> that would just cause all kinds of problems that you don't no. want to have. Well, I, I would oh, you know what you need to do for that. You know what you need to do for the safety. One of them needs to be furlough achieving. Oh, furlough achieving and safety would be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, I think I'll have to spend a lot more money with them before uh, before that happens. Mm. Um, and then, so I flew home on Monday. I took Tuesday off and hung out with the wife. And, and then Wednesday, I went to work at the range with other Trevor. And we worked for like seven hours, and I felt like we didn't even put a scratch in it. Um, SummerSlam is coming up. The pre-match is like the 24th, 25th. So um, there's still six stages that need to be completely constructed. All the other ones were roughed out. So now we're doing the final touches. We're putting the targets in the proper locations. We're spiking them down. We're adding steel or taking steel away. Something that never was a swinger that we didn't use as a swinger all summer now has to be set up as as a swinger. We got to get the activator set up and the cable and the popper and all that stuff. So we're putting the, the, the final touches on them to make them proper SummerSlam stages. Um, and then Thursday, I went into the office and I did match administration stuff. I'm getting help to figure out a shooting schedule where you shoot a half day, work a half day, and then you switch. The next day, you work a half day, shoot a half day. So that involves um, finding the, the right amount of CROs to do both days because um, 14 CROs will be shooting while the other 14 CROs are working and then they rotate. And um, we need to build work teams, right? So CRO, two ROs, and then three patchers. So five-man work crews for each bay should be more than enough. Sounds like a lot of work to put on one of these. 
It's, you know, I mean, I, maybe I make it sound like a lot of work, but I got to tell you, there's some people that could just do this stuff. Like, like it's super easy for them. Um, this scheduling stuff is new and really intimidating and I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I've got, uh, a couple of really good guys who know what's going on that are helping me through it. So, and this is all practice for the nationals, right? I have to do a schedule for the nationals. And again, those same people have done nationals. They've done squatting and scheduling for those big events. So not terribly concerned, but I still want to learn the process as much as I can now before the nationals actually rolls around. So, um, when, when I have dedicated working staff like this, the shooters can just concentrate on shooting and the dedicated serials will bring consistency to the match, right? Every every shooter yeah. will get the same walkthrough over and over and over and over and over. So there's no, nothing's left to interpretation. Because I give them radios. I'm like, you have any questions, call me. And they don't. And then they do something goofy or whatever. So this will help hopefully eliminate uh, Turn the that. radio off because it gets annoying. Mm. <laughs> that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Or never turn it on. Mm-hmm. Or never turn it on, Larry. <laughs> Hope you're listening. Um, I have found at events that dedicated staff is the key to everything. Hell yeah. Yeah. If you can get them. Um, and then, uh, well, yeah, then I uh, got the awards all sorted out. So I had all my plaques, right? And then I'm learning more about practice score all the time. So practice score can give you all these wonderful spreadsheets and break everything down for you. So like, all right, I know how many classic people I have in total. I know how many um, seniors. I know how many super seniors. I know how many ladies. So, okay, I don't have enough uh, seniors and super seniors on their own to award each of those a uh, president's medal. But if I combine the two, which I can do, okay, so I'll have a president's medal for overall and a president's medal for, for seniors. And so I'm able to, to really use that data and practice score to help determine which divisions and categories will have president's medals. And then I can just simply also go through and say, okay, I need an overall a second and a third for for classic standard production open oh look at that i've got like 10 people in open senior so i need a first place senior second place senior third place senior open so i just i have all the plaques pre-made so i just went through with a post-it note labeled them and then box them all up and i'll drop them off to my trophy lady and hopefully they won't come back saying podcart but we'll see um and then today was a long, 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 long day. I was at the range with one other guy and we we were there, I don't know, like almost ten hours maybe. And uh, I'm glad we put in a long day because there's only two stages that we didn't get to today and they're minor piddly stuff that that that's needed to make them completely summer slam ready. But what and, if, like what are you putting your ten hours into? Like ten hours seems like a lot of time to put into setting up stages. Like what 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 work are you putting in right now? Are you putting finishing touches? Are you guys yes. like pretending to shoot the stages and then being like, mm, I can cheat over here. We're gonna have to put yes, a wall over here. That kind that. Of thing. You always do that. Yeah. You never like the last thing you do before you call it done and move on is do a walkthrough as if you're shooting it. And that's where you go, Oh wow, I didn't realize if I came at it from this angle, I can see that target I'm not supposed to. Or if I stand here, basically I've created a a standing reload which is lame uh oh if i do this the classic major guys are going to skip me alive and beat me out behind the berm so i need to move something over here you know um so we're we're going on to first of all the 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 fall lines are basically laid out the same way they will be all year or from we start building the stages and then we use those stages to have level two matches but uh, the fault lines on the walls are basically the same. But what we do is we change target location round count and props so 
all summer, maybe this target over here, which is actually a swinger, was never set up. Well, now I have to set it up and hook up mm -hmm. the cable, stuff like that. And then, Adriel, everything is secured to the range floor. There's nothing left to chance because Ipsic shooters, um, there are cheaters among our ranks. And I've seen it with my own two eyes and face moving things so that they can see it from a better vantage point and save a position, stuff like that. Well, any so, time you have weather, like if your props aren't secured down and weather or just use over the rounds starts mm -hmm. taking stuff out and moving it. It makes yep. it unfair. You have to get reshoots. It ruins yep. the flow of the, of the match and you end up being too late. Yep. So, um, all the target stands are attached at two locations front and back. So they can't be rotated. It won't blow over in the wind. All the poppers are secured. Uh, obviously all the, uh, the swingers, the drop turners, all these things are nailed to the ground. So a lot of what we were doing over the last on Tuesday and or Tuesday, you know, Wednesday and today was spiking stuff to the ground and then mm -hmm. putting up the stage number. Like this is stage number three, this is stage number four. We got proper signs that filthy made for us that we attach those to. Um, if there's like starting with heels on touching X's or toes touching X's, well, we get the little X template and the spray paint and we paint all those down. Um, it's all that stuff, all the, all the stuff that makes sure that nothing is uh, left to chance, so to speak, and the match runs smoothly. So, and you get less stupid questions too, because I mean, if your stage says yes. stage three in the name and it's in big block letters up in front of the stage, yeah, you know, one get dumb questions and people getting lost and that kind of thing. So one time, Adriel, and you want to talk about gamers and range lawyers. So we have an actual 40 foot long lobster boat on the range. Okay. This is like one of the coolest props in Canada. It's a, it's a real lobster boat Very cool. sitting out there in the middle of a, a bay. And, um, the start position was there was a lobster trap on the gunnel of the lobster boat and you're standing on the wharf and the start position was, uh, hands on marks on lobster trap. So the intent is that you're standing on the dock, putting a lobster trap into the boat, and then the terrorists show up and you have so to. So you're fending world. off your lobsters from pirates. <laughs> there right. are pirates after your lobsters, and you, right. have to, you have to waste them. <laughs> so God bless him, sick. So the intent was that you were uh, you were standing on the dock holding the lobster trap, or your hands were on the marks. I didn't say holding. I said hands on marks. <laughs> The um, a squad. Sorry, I, I, I can't, still can't get off the fact that you're <laughs> defending a lobster boat from pirates. <laughs> anyway, so guys actually got into the boat and put their hands behind their backs and touched the marks that way. They know goddamn yeah. well what they were doing, and uh, they did it anyway. Um, they had a weak CRO that didn't call the range master to ask if it was okay. Obviously he thought, Hey shit, that's a great idea. So I want to do it too. So I'm not calling the range master because I know the range master will mm -hmm. say no. So let's just do it. Right. So once one person does it, you're good to go. That's right. Um, so now the uh, start position for this year is, um, hands on marks or actually holding the lobster trap and toes touching X's. So I put X's outside the boat. So now there's no, there's no gaming it. So if you got on, a PC on the targets, you should put a pirate flag up on, on one of the targets over there. Just so everyone knows what's going on. You just wait pirates. for the nationals, man. I'm buying, I'm buying dinghies or skiffs to put out in the water. And when you hit a steel popper, it's going to activate two spring loaded pirates. that are going to pop up from inside the dinghy and you're just going to waste them. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm sorry, Trevor. I'm sure that those shooters are thinking to themselves, what would Trevor do? And I, it, you know, well, I've had other match, match directors in the province say, like, when I build stages, I'm thinking about you and Lorette. 
because if anybody's going to find a way to tear it apart and game it, it's going to be you or Lorette. So I take it as a compliment. And if you can game one of my stages, I'm not even mad. I'm like, damn. I saw right, you then. that at uh, three gun match. Somebody else did something crazy, and you're like, they said, is this loud? And you're like, um, well, I guess I'll be doing it that way too. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. And um, then I came home and I started to get my kit ready for the morning because I'm up at the crack of stupid to head to the Miramichi to shoot a match with Casper. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I, you know, with all the work I've got to do for SummerSlam, it seemed like a crazy thing to be headed headed to go shoot a match on a Saturday when I could be working on the range on Saturday. But uh, we got so much done uh, the last couple of days with Trevor's help and Stefan's help that uh I'm in really good shape. I can't do anything until Tuesday when we close the range for construction, where I then build um, the last six stages. And four of those stages are just like a box and some targets. So super easy. Um, there's two stages, three stages that have walls that need to be put up, but nothing's nothing crazy. Um, so yeah, I have all of next week with the exception of Tuesday and a couple hours on Sunday to build six stages like pff, piece nice. cake. Yeah. Piece cake. So I was just thinking, yep. Trevor, you mentioned those uh, other people that have set these things up before that could do it in their sleep. I'm sure they go through exactly what you do. It's just you don't see it the next day because they were the ones up all night doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, as far as managing the range and the construction, no problem. Um, and the way I was doing the match administration, squatting before, no problem. Um the thing is like normally like I start so SummerSlam is in July, August, and I start planning the following SummerSlam in September, right? Yeah. I'm months and months and months and months and months ahead of everything. Like I have the match sold out by October and people are like, Why are you why are you opening registration now? Well, why not? It sells out in like three days. Why wouldn't I? Why would I why would I put it off when I could do it now and check it off the list and move on? Right. And, you know, a lot of people drop out because they're like, I don't even know if I have the time off yet. So I'm gonna register now. And as long as I cancel before the 30-day cancellation period, I'll get my money back. So guys grab spots right away. And then I start to get a turnaround January, February. And then um, when registration is closed a month before, that's it. I don't care who leaves or who wants to come. I'm not doing any admin. I'm on the range working. I'm not coming home to do squatting till 10 o'clock at night because five people left or three people want in. It's just the way it is. If I had one person simply in charge of um, squatting and uh, admin, then then I wouldn't care. They then they I'll do the construction, you do the squatting, and then you can run it right up to the day before. It's up to you. When I put have, in you it, have you considered getting some more admin people on board? Because it sounds like you're doing a hell of a lot of work mostly by yourself. Uh, I haven't really. I mean, I'd love to, but it's like who? Right? Nobody really wants to someone learn young it. who knows how to run a computer. Yeah, that's it. Um. Yeah, so I ended up being that person for the other match director, Dave, um, but he didn't tell me fully what the job was. He said, I want you to do the, the squatting, okay? And then he said, well, I want you to do this, uh, and then I want you to do this. Uh, and then third time, I went, no, no, hold on now. You asked me to do the squatting. Now you want me to said, yeah, man, I was never going to tell you all the things I wanted you to do right up front, or you would <laughs> say, no. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he was the king of traps, man, so... Anyway, so when he left town and I got the job, I was already trained on how to do squatting and scheduling or that, that the way we did it then anyway, where it was self-ROing like we always do here in New Brunswick. So um, that part I had down. Then I had to learn to, you know, well, at that point, I didn't even own a screw gun. 
right? So it's like, all right, I got a screw gun. Now I need a truck because hauling poppers around on the back of a Chev Sonic makes no sense. And I was doing it, right? So I destroyed that poor little car when I became a mass director and then truck and then real truck. So anyway, yeah, Dave, I'd love to find somebody to take over. I know when that for nationals, I need to, I need to let go of some of the control and get people to step up and, and do stuff. But it's like, hello, baptism by fire. I've been doing a lot of these things by myself. Now it's the nationals. Here you go. It's all yours. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a real problem with letting stuff go on the range because the mm-hmm. guy who taught me how to run our events is an ex warrant officer and he's very yelly. Yeah. And uh, one day I was running around the range doing this and doing that. And he called me over to him and he said, no, you stand here. I said, but I got it. No. You stand right here beside me. Who is going to do that job? I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know. It won't get done right. We'll pick somebody. So I picked somebody, and they didn't do it quite exactly the way I wanted it, but it was good enough, and everything worked out. And they'll learn. Like, they won't do it exactly right, but they'll learn. And they'll, like, as long as you give the feedback on what exactly they missed out, uh, they can fix it next time. And then you don't have to do it next time. Yep. Um, One thing that I let go was... um, the the, the uh, reception night and the banquet. I, I've tried to get people to take over the sponsorship. I've tried to get people to take over the prize table. Nothing, man. Even like my crew, my main core of people, I send out an email. I said, will some of you, will, will one of you please, with sugar on top, handle the sponsorship for the match? Like that's your only reason for being. You don't have to do anything else. Just send out the emails, collect the product, collect the money put the product on the price table. Just, just do that. Just that one little AB thing for me, please. Just that's all I want you to do. You know, you never have to come to the, to the range. Just do nothing. Not even a find a, find a salesperson. Oh, man. Cause that's a, it's a sales. It, it, you don't actually have to sell. You just need to email people and say like, Hey, we want sponsorship. Here's the thing. I got the letter written. I got yeah. an email. To, I got, I have got, we a need someone who like wants to contact people. Yeah. I had to do, to do that. Yeah. And wow. we'll do that because it's, it's not, it's not a large job. But you need to do the initial burst of reaching out to people and be okay yeah. with rejection. Even on the even on the spreadsheet, dude, it says first contact, second contact, and then finally yes, no, what they donated, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can go back and use that spreadsheet to send thank you letters if you want. Um, I finally had to do it myself, Adriel. I went through that spreadsheet, um, and this was so I tried to hire the guy who did the sponsorship for the nationals in 2016 or 17 in Halifax. Like he had a, like a $42,000 prize table. Phenomenal. Right. Wow. I tried, crazy. Yeah. So I tried to pay him to do it for us and everybody in our club was like, yes, pay him, just do it. Um, but unfortunately he got too busy. Life happened. He, he did sign up for the task. Then life happened and he wasn't able to do it, but he did give me that contact information for all those businesses that he accumulated for the, um, for the nationals that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. So I did it this year. I emailed them all, but I like, I got like 90% rejection. And when, I think one of the reasons I got the most was like, you basically waited too long to ask us. So I think, um, December, January this year, uh, maybe even, yeah. So I'll definitely start. Well, one of my the ideal about? time is December, January. Yeah. yeah. For reaching out to people. Cause to year end in, in, in year end in, in March. Uh, anyway, it's not going to be a problem this year because I'm going to be concentrating on CCFR or so and, and other things because I won't be planning SummerSlam. I will, uh, be planning nationals the following winter. So mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, 
Yeah, it's a lot of work, but sometimes I feel like I make it sound like more work than it is. Um, but it is what it is, whatever. It's it's going to be an awesome match. Holy, it's our biggest match, 19 stages. I've used every um, swinger that we own and had to borrow two swingers. I've used almost all of our steel, um, lots of drop turners. Like uh, I bought new props. I, I bought these bobbers. So there's one stage where you shoot a popper and it activates a double drop turner with two targets on it. So you take the first target on the on the first exposure, the second target on the next exposure, and that popper also activated a bobber. So that bobber is now popping up from behind cover and disappearing again. Um, and then I've got another. I got one stage with three swingers, and one popper activates two of them, and they just they both they're in sync. They just whoop, they both come down and stop at the same time. The longer they run. Eventually, they start to go to sync. But the first, like, four swings, they're in sync. It's pretty cool. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. You got a pick. Yep. And then I got another um, stage with two poppers, a swinger, another drop turner. I've got one stage with uh, four or five pl- four plates. I got another pl- stage with uh, two poppers and four plates. And I got this. Um, it, it's like a swinger, but it doesn't swing. It just appears and stops and it stops dead behind a no shoot target. So if you try and <laughs> follow it, you're going to drill the no shoot. So I'm a bastard like that. You're welcome. I got another one that's got five poppers and two drop turners. One's a double drop turner. And they're like kind of inside these walls. You got to shoot them through ports. Um, yeah, a lot of cool, um, so this, so this is like a level 11 match. Yeah. Well, that's 19 stages. Now, to put that in the context for you, Dave, when my club held the Nationals in 2013, we only had 16 stages. Wow. Yeah. And that's then amazing. I started, yeah, I started doing, um, well, sorry, what's the minimum? No, I said that's amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, um, the minimum for a level three is 12, and we routinely have 12 for level two here in New Brunswick. So we... uh we, 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 I say that we say we often, we don't get out of bed for less than 150 rounds. Hey, Trevor, for, <laughs> for the people who don't uh, shoot a lot of IPSC, what motion does a drop target use? And what is it? Is that your phone? Yeah, it's my phone. It's Denny calling me. Hmm. Let me just try and do something with that here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, drop what? What is it? What's the motion of a drop target? What's the motion of a turning target? You mentioned drop, okay, drop, yes, turner. Yes, you're right. Drop, turner. Um, does one thing and a swinger does something else and a bobber does something else. Okay. Um, So a drop turner is situated. It's a, it's a, it's a stand and the target is not facing you. It's kind of perpendicular to you. Mm -hmm. You can't like you're basically, yeah, edge on. So you hit uh, an activator and all of a sudden it rotates and faces you. And sometimes it rotates back where it came from, and then that's it. It's gone. It's disappeared. It drops and turns. That's why I call them a drop turner, and they uh, are a disappearing target, which means you cannot see a portion of the A before activation, and you cannot see a portion of the A at rest, therefore disappearing. So uh, I have another drop turner that, you know, uh, the shoot side is facing to the left, and when you activate it, rotates completely in a circle 180 degrees well not completely 360 but it, it rotates 180 so it's facing one way and when it comes to rest it's facing the other way uh and they're stupid fast and hard to hit so i try and keep those ones a little close a swinger 
is on a um, pendulum. It's got a weight on one end mm-hmm. and it's on a bearing and it usually starts hidden behind a wall or a barrel. And there's a stick underneath the weight that holds it, holds the weight up in the air. And when you hit the activator, the stick falls, the weight falls and the target swings and actually does like an arc, like a rainbow arc in front like of like a it, rainbow up, up yeah. from behind the barrel or whatever you got stuffed in front of yep. it when it was at rest. And then it kind of pops out in that, in that arc. Yep. And so then you can put all kinds of cover in front of them to decide how much exposure do you want the shooter to have access to as it arcs back and forth. So yeah, it's range of motion could be described as an arc and the drop turner literally starts up and it drops and turns it exposes itself to you and then turns away. So you can't, uh, you can't shoot anymore. So it's like a homeless guy in a park. That's what you're saying. Mm, yeah. That might be the bobber too. <laughs> So the bobber also has a weight on it. It's also on a bearing, like like a hinge. And so the bobber starts basically facing the ground. You hit the steel and uh, or the activator, whatever, and the stick falls, and the weight falls towards the earth, and the target swing bobs up and comes back down. And so if the listeners are actually looking uh, and, and their viewers, it does this. So look at the screen. It comes up and down, up. Slides and up down. and down. Yeah, slides up and bobs up and down. And then the swinger does this. Whoop. Wax on, dr- wax off. Right. And the drop turner does this. Hello. Goodbye. That's cool. I've never seen one of those. Got swivels. Yeah. We have single exposure drop turners and double exposure drop turners. So on the host stage, I've got a double exposure. So it shows itself twice. And good thing, because there's two targets on it. Now, um, for those who are curious about rules, drop turners that disappear and a disappearing target is defined as a target that does not present a portion of the A before or after it's done moving, uh, are, will not incur misses. They are non-penalty misses. So if you shoot at them and miss, you're good to go. You don't take misses on them. No, Mike. So sometime the gamers will determine whether or not it's advantageous to skip it altogether. As long as you activate it, you're good. You don't even have to engage it. Hmm. Huh. You've got to make a move, yeah. So um, sometimes in a short course of fire, you'll take the time because time typically is a, a bigger variable in your hit factor in a short course of fire than it is in a long course of fire. So in a long course of fire, you'll go after it. So, or otherwise, yep. you may just go piss on it and just keep going, activate it and just keep going. Yep. Yep. Huh. So that's it for me, guys. That is very cool. All right, Adriel, uh, what have you been up to in guns? Well, let's see here. Did that drumhiller maple seed. Are we talking about Trump Heller in the main topic? Well, whatever you do, you do you. I'll do me. All but right. we are going to talk about it in the main topic for sure. Correct. But the Maple Seed was or wasn't right. part of the Trump Heller match. Mm. Yeah, you're in, you're in that Maple Seed too. Yeah, I included Stop the Bleed. But didn't we talk about mm-hmm. that on last week's show? The Maple Seed. Uh, it couldn't have because we did the show on Thursday and the Maple Seed was on Friday. Oh well, then I want to talk about my Maple Seed too. Well, then I'm not done. Uh, okay, well we'll just rewind. You can do you first. <laughs> so yeah, yeah didn't, didn't you win some sort of a badge of some sort? I may have gotten rifleman again. That's true. That's true. So uh, here was the plan. I was going to attend the Maple Seed and I was going to use Adriel's Remington or Marlin 795. Mm-hmm. So I was really looking forward to that. And Matthew loves that gun. I've always been kind of by curious about having one, you know, the manual of arms is kind of sucky, but their accuracy is legendary. Uh, but Adriel gave me a Remlin, like it was a piece of crap, didn't want to work. So we had a real hard stoppage where the um, 
spent casing was stuck on top of the live round that was trying to chamber and it was all locked up hard. I actually used the leg of the chamber flag to get inside the spent casing to pull it all out. Uh, got, got through that and then click nothing, tap rack, click nothing, tap rack, click nothing. Um, so, and those rounds didn't, didn't have a mark on them. So I don't know. Um, have you since looked at this? No, you haven't. Had Trevor, I, I, I used it at the, the next day at, did. at the thing. And I ran a hundred rounds through it with not a single wow. failure. That's crazy. And I did nothing. I put no oil and I put no brush. You just picked it up it. and shot it. I just shot it and it ran a hundred percent. No failures. Stacy was standing right you. over me. I was Stacey. watching you too. Yeah. Okay. So you saw it. Was I saw I saw it jam on you. Yeah. I believe you. Limp just, wristing it, maybe. Yes, I was limp wristing the the, <laughs> the seven ninety five. So then, all right, Adriel brings me the Narinko. I'm like, oh damn! Now I got no choice. We'll see how this goes. But um, you chickened cool. out. I did. I totally. I totally was out. Who was the badass ninja guy there that uh, looks like he could pull your spine out? Chris. It's Chris. He was from the uh, active killer defense guy there. The ninja. The ninja. Anyway, the ninja is like, Trevor, would you prefer semi-auto? I'm like, oh, God, yeah, what do you got? It's like, I got a 1022. Great. So he brings me a factory 1022 stock barrel, super stock trigger, and it's got a fab defense pistol grip stock with an adjustable comb on it. And it was definitely set up for him. It wasn't set up for me. It was uh, rather uncomfortable to get a cheek weld and a, and a turkey neck. And it was, it was uncomfortable. But anyway, um, whatever. I made it work. And I shot a 235, 227, 235 in the mud, in the rain with a loner gun. Uh, I, um, I did things better that I wanted to do um, from the last one I took in, in Woodstock. But I still got punchy, and I still didn't use the time correctly, and started to rush shots and punch them, and that's where I lost some points. So, you know, I, I lack discipline. So you are, however, annoyingly consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, very consistent. And those scores are really good, like two thirties, two high, two two twenties. It's all really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to like I'd like my average to be uh, two forty. That'd be that'd be fantastic if I had. Uh, if I had uh, my own rifle there, I, I definitely think I would have done better, but uh, it is what it is. So. I wonder how many of them we'd have to shoot before we got to a perfect score. How many do you think you would have to day. shoot? I I need to shoot like at least 20 more on a regular basis with practice in between. I think if I had practice and I could do 10 or 15, I might be able to do a 250 in there. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to sit for an afternoon and just shoot the qualifiers. Like just do, just sit and shoot them like all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the the grind. Yep. Yep. Just need a recording. Shooters, okay. your preparation period begins now. Just like a, <laughs> a recording that just does it automatically. <laughs> that assumes cool. you reload very fast. Yep. Anyways, anything else for you, Trevor? Uh, yeah. Captain Andy wants to uh, register Slamfire Radio, um, and then uh, sue us for copyright infringement. So, Captain, bring Andy. it, bring it, Captain Andy. We'd I be have, able to, Andy. Sorry, we already have pre-existing broadcasts and a website. I have stuff. lawyers on retainer ready to go after you. I'm sure Bring the captain it. does too. I don't have any lawyers. <laughs> yeah, lawyers from CGN and Ipsic matches. I think I think the thing to do when when people are threatening you to sue you is to just threaten to sue them back with with no intent to follow through. Isn't that the right thing to do? 
No. When somebody no. says, give us all your leftover merchandise and your money, <laughs> or we'll sue, you sue them. Mm. Oh, I, I was going to make the NFA joke. Ha ha. So Cool. Yeah. I was at the same maple seed that Trevor was at. Yeah, you were. How'd you I shoot? Wasn't, I wasn't. Hmm. It's training. You look good not Trevor. shooting. I look good not shooting? Oh, thank you. It's very, uh, yeah, I appreciate the comment there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that. Uh, you know, the, the cool thing about the Drumheller range, they were super accommodating to us. Uh, they, they let us take down this tarp that they were using to cover their firing point and get it super muddy and uh, and lay on it because it, the, the ground was muddy there. The uh, the range itself there is super picturesque. It had been raining for a long time and Gorgeous. like the layers between the, uh, I don't know, the dinosaur layers that are on the hills there. <laughs> the coal and then it goes would, coal, dinosaur, dirt. Yeah, coal, dinosaur, dirt. Uh, they had all washed really clean, so they were really sharp, and the, the layers there were really, really beautiful. And uh, like I was even, I was looking at one of the pictures um, uh, from the range there, and it's and we don't even look like we're at a range. We look like we're hiking somewhere picturesque. Anyways, with 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 ear and eye pro- protection on. Uh, that maple seed was the um, second one I've uh, helped train at, and. Uh, it was really good. There was uh, definitely some learning moments in there. Definitely some uh, some extra sleep would have helped, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was a good learning moment. Uh, did the Jerry match, which we can talk about afterwards. Uh, and then after that, I drove back to Edmonton and immediately started doing maple seeds uh, like every day. And uh, uh, Kelly and Stacy came out. I went and did one with uh, Rick. Uh, we threw a, a lady seed in there, which was. Uh, uh, ladies only kind of a kind of a maple seed, which was almost full. We had uh, 13 or 12, 13 shooters there, maybe. It was, it was really interesting. The, the lady seed was really interesting because uh, they were there. They were there for like, it was very business-like. They're like there to shoot their uh, qualifying uh, test. And, and, and their, uh, their targets were all looked really great. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of really good shooters in there. So I'm going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when are we going to have a, a man's, a man seed. I think I want to participate in a man seed. They're practically all man seeds. Every day is man seed day, Trevor. You should. Next, I'm not supposed to be proud to be straight, I suppose, or white. Come on. <laughs> straight. <laughs> I, I wouldn't straight be proud of seed. Of what? <laughs> I'm not very proud of anything I am, straight or white, but that's not the point. <laughs> I'm trying to trigger some people. Uh, no. It was, you know, I could see it was it was a really interesting dynamic for that one because we had Kelly and Stacy as the bosses, and then we had their minions, all these male IETs, and the right? shooters were all female. It's, <laughs> it's like a bad Star Wars movie, right? Where all the men are dumb and the women are running stuff. I see what this is. That's what it was. It was, it was interesting, anyways. Yeah, it was uh, cool. a really uh, a really interesting dynamic. I I really like the idea because one of the things that. I think we need to do is get more lady shooters into the sport. And this one has a lot of lady shooters. Uh, like just a, even a, a general maple seed. The last one we had, I think we had three female shooters on the line, which I don't know what your percentage is in Ipsic. Like I, I look at it around Alberta here and I think it's around 10% maybe in three gun. It's five, maybe two or 5%. It's super low right now. Uh, Ipsic's a little bit higher. Maple seed is much higher. And if you can do some lady seeds and get some more lady shooters like introed into it, fantastic. Because in my opinion, we need to get more of them in. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm totally joking. Um, no one cares what an all white man has to say as far as the government's concerned. Oh, I thought, I just assumed you were misogynistic. Well, I am, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, but all kidding aside, um, 
the more women we have as gun owners and our pal holders and pal holders, uh, the stronger our voice will be. You know, oh, yeah. like hell hath no fury, right? Start telling these chicks that now that they're in the guns that they're gonna the government's gonna take their stuff away. Like, nah, I don't think so, mister. No, no, no. No, no, Mr. Government, no. Well it's just no. it, it's well, a little bit frustrating when uh, so many matches or club meetings like uh that, that you go to regardless of the club, it's just like it's all old white dudes, right? Yep. It's like, and it's um, like, we're, we still make up a, a significant portion of, of the population. So you'd assume that this is going to be the way it is anyways, but it's nice having a, uh, a good diversity of other shooters as well to show that this isn't just like solely for one type of person. And there's a, a wide variety of people that enjoy this. this it's for old, old white women too. If yeah. It wasn't, I mean, if it wasn't, people. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I'm trying to make an old Kelly joke, but you won't. Let I me would say because he doesn't want to die. Uh-huh. I would say that uh, well, well done, well played, Andrew. High five. I would say that um, yeah, the more people we can have of different backgrounds and men, women, whatever. I mean, to me, the I've found in general that shooting sports, people that shoot competitively don't care what your race is, what your gender is, Hell where no. you come from, your religion. None of us care. Do you like guns? Let's shoot. I care about your hit factor, not the color of your skin or what uh, junk is in your pants. Exactly. <laughs> Are you beating okay. me? Now I have a problem with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And in true uh, maple seed fashion, it rained like pff, every shoot, every shoot. <laughs> it rained at least a little bit during the day. Uh, this last one here at Chaz was uh, it rained in the morning, but then it stopped and it was a little bit cloudy and then it was sunny at the end of the day. Kind of nice. Uh, yeah. Instructed with a really a uh, bunch of really great people, uh, a bunch of really good uh, instructors in training all over the place. Some from like we had IITs from BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan and New Brunswick uh, coming to uh, come to these events. So that was uh, that was really interesting. Really cool. Good. Good bunch nice. of people and a lot of them. Like, I don't know if, if you remember, but uh, uh, rewind two years ago or so, and most of these maple seeds were done by one or two or three people. Right. And uh, now they have a bunch of these uh, instructors in training that are there to help get down, assist people, makes the whole thing uh, run really smooth. And it helps with uh, people who need extra help. You can basically like put a person on that person to help them out. And uh, well, um, we had an idea unusual number of uh, of riflemen on the drum heller event and one of the during the the debrief one of the comments from everybody was that's probably because you had I, I don't even know what six instructors <laughs> like there's one instructor per two people almost yes yeah. well, i think we had i think we had seven iets at that one and yeah, we had similar numbers of iets at a lot of our other shoots here which is good what that means is that uh, uh some of these guys are, are are going to be able to step up and uh, and run more of these without having to, not that I don't like, you know, Kelly and Stacy and Rick and all the, and Mary and all those guys coming out, but uh, they won't have to come out all the time. Now, now we will be able to run these things locally and, uh, um, and, and run more of them because the thing is in, in Edmonton, uh, Chaz, the, those ones sold out in a matter of hours. And um, I went to one in Sherwood park and that one sold out in hours as well. These, these things are just in, in super high demand. And uh, 
uh, we just need to put more of them on because they're they're so, they make such a big difference with the uh, with marksmanship with people. That was the other interesting thing because you know there's a couple of th- interesting things I saw from doing so many of these like rapid fire. One, I learned the material like basically because it got drilled into my brain. The other one was um, seeing the commonalities between the matches and between what people need to hear to to make them succeed. And uh, that uh, you'll know this, Trevor. That that handout that's got like the targets on the back of it and shows like the the impacts and what you need to do fit to fix it. Yeah, the cheat but, sheet, which I will probably yeah. did laundry and had it in my pocket. You know, see if we look at the pistol one. The pistol one's not very good. The pistol version of that is like, oh, you might be healing over. No, yeah. it's you sucking. Press the trigger correctly, and your and your hits will be on target. That's what you need to do with pistol. All, like ninety five percent of the time, you're flinching, right? But mm-hmm. with rifles with maple seed it's not and those little ways that those bullets move whether it's horizontal or vertical or diagonal uh you go back to the to the reason why and it's got it on there it's probably true and you go back and you say oh you got some diagonal stringing here let's get that elbow like right underneath the rifle and you go try it and it's like oh it's gone (laughs) yeah like those those uh uh talking targets and those rules that they have on the back there uh work so well with practically everyone it was uh, that was really interesting because when i had seen the pistol one and tried that it's like this is bs it's just it's all trigger control right but with the Mm -hmm. with the rifle it's uh it was a lot more prescriptive and accurate in in helping diagnose the the issues i concur yeah uh i got my instructor patch yes you did did congratulations that's well done yeah, so Greg May got got the first one, um, well deservedly. He he basically went through the gauntlet of uh, of being the guinea pig for this thing, and yep. uh, so I was I was number two up on there, and uh, I've got really really fantastic support from my club on doing this, which is really good because now we can start getting some more of these done out in Alberta. So and how many people do you need to put one on? You're, I mean, would you be shoot boss and then you got a bunch of, you got, can you start training people? What's going not, on? Nope. Not yet. I'm, I've got the trainer certificate. I need to get line boss before I can start throwing these on. But okay. I think it's a lot easier to get that one versus instructor. Are you the only instructor in Alberta right now? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. But. I have a bunch of really great IITs that are all around here. There was there were some guys from BC just over the border. There were some guys, uh, including like Ryan from down in Saskatchewan. Um, we've got a couple here in Edmonton, uh, Ted and Joe, and uh, uh, a lot of guys that are that are within proximity. Where I could say, hey, let's schedule something and uh, pull together a crew to uh, to help work it. Okay, cool. So, so you can do that. You don't need to have Kelly or or. Um, I still do. Rick, Once I get the shoot boss, do? then I'm good. Okay. So, what do you? What's next? And how do you become a shoot boss? I will find that out. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, all right, you're an instructor, but you can't put one on. That's correct. But this is the most difficult step. So the next, the next step right. is very soon. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. God, Rick yeah. was talking about coming out here for uh, instructor boot camp, kind of a thing. So um, maybe then. Yeah, I can't, can't see that being a, a big step up from where you are right now. I mean, yeah. we're, we're still super grassroots, right? I mean, yeah. And I'm, uh, but I, I can respect that um, there has to be a trade-off between speed of uh, scaling this out and quality. You need yeah. to make sure you need to make yeah. sure that the consistency is there because the the one thing that I really enjoy about the program is that the consistency between the different structures is so good. It's such a consistent. Uh, quality program that they do in a day uh that uh that i really respect that and you know 
want to make sure that I continue that on. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Well, and the good thing is about having more instructors as well as you can expand the program, plus maybe not burn out uh, Kelly and Stacy and Mario and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm taking months off to, to drive oh, across I... the country and, and spend, uh, f- drive 45 hours, 50 hours across the country, put on maple seeds every day. Like even just the one week, like uh, today, I'm like not at 100%. <laughs> Pretty worn down from uh, twelve-hour days baking in the sun. Did I drink enough water? You really you get that you get familiar with that. Like, oh no, I need to hydrate more here. I feel the headache coming on, so time to start drinking water. Drink more, drink more, drink more. Well, here's your new here's your new um, your new rule of thumb. If you're not peeing, you're not drinking enough. Don't wait. Don't wait for the headache. I know. Make sure you're I know. It's yeah. just like I, I've 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 done enough like really long days with three again. It's just, yeah. and they're still going. When you do, when you do five in a row, <laughs> five yep. days in a row like that, that's that's where you get real familiar with the whole, the whole grind and the what you need and what you don't need. And my kit yep. bag now is like super optimized. There's stuff I think with three gun <laughs> where it's like, ah, maybe I'll need it or maybe I won't. And the stuff I have now, it's like I need this stuff. <laughs> yep. And they're still going. Um, they're on the road right now as we speak. That's why Kelly's not here. It's not because she actually hates the listeners. Um, they're still maple seeding. They got Gallon with them. And um, shout out to Gallon. Gallon got to go on an epic Manitoba gopher slaughter. They killed over 100. Wow. Each or just all together? Uh, all together. Mm. I think it was only him and another guy, maybe. Three of them, maybe, at most. Uh, you know, roaming around a field in a side-by-side and they find a town and they stop to get out and whack, 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 whack and then get back in the side-by-side and go to the mm. next town. Side-by-sides are so nice to drive around in oh, for that yeah. kind of thing. Just yeah. to hop out. Yeah. Yes. Perfect for that. You know, and they're only the cost of a car. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd like to get a, a vintage nice sidekick or samurai from the 80s that's got a soft top. That'd, that'd be my side-by-side. Yeah, those are cool. They float too. Yeah. You put them in a river. You just need to get out and push them across. <laughs> really? I didn't I've know that. that. I've done that. That's cool. Um, so now that, that I've, now that I've finished uh, instructing people, I'm going to, uh, I can't decide. I, I, I was, I was sure I was going to take a 22. I'm going to go shoot some gophers in the face tomorrow. Yes. Probably. I was going to decide whether I take the 22 or I also have a 17 WSM. Oh, you got to do the WSM. We need carnage. We need body parts coming off. That being said, I was out with Jeff Reese. I went gopher shooting again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I went with Jeff gopher mm-hmm. shooting. I think we talked about that on the last week's episode. It was a bit rainy, so they weren't really yeah. out. Hard to see. Yeah. So um, Gavin, shout out to Gavin and Angela for driving me from Drumheller to Jeff's on Sunday. And um, as soon as I got there, I'm like, so Jeff, gophers? He's like, sure, let's go. And we did We did much better. We may have gotten like 12, 10, 12 each that time. Um, his 17 had gotten dirty and couldn't hit anything. So mm-hmm. he gave me his CZ 525, 555. I don't know, the Canadian little CZ 22. Mm-hmm. Super nice. Anyway, hello, Stingers. Stingers will blow chunks off. I took off a whole front shoulder and, and leg on a gopher with Stingers. And... Um, I got a really awesome, like 75 yard offhand shot. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Stingers, stingers are really good and a I lot might, cheaper than 17. I might just take my Nork bolt and, yeah, and a, and a USGI sling and yeah. like a lot of standing <laughs> stuff. Maybe, yeah. maybe save them. 
maple yeah, sheep. Maybe, well, because like when you're shooting gophers, yes, you can go prone with a bipod and you can I make do. Some shots long range. Yeah. Uh, but if the grass is a little bit high, you sucks. don't see them. You don't and see you them. only see the close stuff. And the close stuff you see when you're standing, because when you're prone, there's too much grass, right? That's right. Yep. So those for those standing shots, a hasty sling with nice hold, you can do it. You can yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. I like, never realized how small they are because the only thing I've ever hunted here in small game is groundhogs. And I mean, our groundhogs are like the size of a racket. Yeah, yeah they're cats. Like, they're, they're 20 pounds. Big sons of bitches. Yeah. Then, you hit one uh, with a car, you know it. Yeah. We used to use 22. I used to use 22, 250 on them because you'd shoot them with a 22. And I, I used to have a 22 Magnum and some of them I'd put like three or four rounds into them and the thing's still going. Like you just you can't stop them. And yeah. I didn't realize until I was on my way home and I was at a rest stop and I heard this cheeping noise and I went and sat in the middle of a, a little uh, a little gopher uh, town out back the rest stop. I figured Where? Uh, in uh, Manitoba. Oh, okay. At the side of the road, there's like tons of them in this field. Oh, yeah. And I had my 22, but I figured the people at the rest stop might get a little upset. So at the rest stop? <laughs> I, just, I, just sat and, I just sat and watched them. You could have you could have got the cops training. called on you and you know get guns for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That, yeah. that happened. So just just for reference, that happened this week. Some guy was out. Uh, uh, he had some gophers, and his friends asked if they could come over. His friends came over, shot some gophers. The cops were called. Uh, the cops went over to the neighbor's house, and the guy's like, "Ah, you guys should probably shut her down and leave." And they shut her down and left. And he went into his house, and then uh, the cops came in with guns ready, or they called him. They called him first, and they said, "Get out here with your hands up," kind of thing. Yeah, they pointed really? guns at children. That's yep. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because his friends were shooting gophers on this farm. Anyway, so I'm going to go shoot fo- uh, gophers where, and hopefully not get guns pointed at me uh, tomorrow. And I think I'm going <laughs> to do it with my Nork bolt, and I think I think I'm going to put a, ma- uh, a USGI sling on there, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. something uh, something similar to the cops getting called happened here near my place a couple of years ago, where a guy was shooting him out near a school. Kids showed up to play soccer, so he went home, and the cops were waiting for him at home, and there were body cavity searches and charges and uh, lawsuits, and it was very, very nasty. So I'm glad it went for that guy. you got to be mm. careful. <laughs> yep. Hopefully that doesn't happen to me. Maybe I'll take – I'll just take the 22. I'll just take the 22. Maybe a bipod. i got a detachable bipod I can just slap on there, so I'll bring a detachable bipod and some extra – got extra mags. i got extra mags for my Nork now. I don't have to just run the five-rounders. i got ten-rounders. It's nice. baller. Yeah. Yep. Maybe bring a camera with you just in case things go south. You can live stream your takedown. It'd be awesome. Mm, yeah. Would you guys like to watch that? That would be popular Absolutely. content. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get some hits off that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I think that's it for me. I think so. I Very think. Good. Uh, yeah. I just ordered a ton of stuff to uh, set up my own. Uh, maple seed kit here so that we've got all the stuff we need to to run these things. Oh, nice. speaking yeah. of kits and running things, Denis and Joey, the employee and Denis, the owner of DC Armory, came to the gun club meeting on Wednesday and guess what we're, st- guess what they're starting? ORPRS. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, Denis, at your gonna, club? Yeah, Denis going to buy cool. the kit. Mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to do what everybody else is doing. All the registration will happen through them. They set everything up, and Denis will show up with the steel and build whatever whatever the stages are for that month, and we're going to do it on Wednesday nights once a month. I'm stoked. I can't wait. Awesome. That's a and cool idea, yeah. You can yeah. come out and shoot it. Am I? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. 
Absolutely. You're not, you're not, you're not running it. You get to just come shoot. I know. Sweet. And like, yeah. cr- what, what is it to crack a 22 out in, in a hundred rounds and drive down to the range and just do a match? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't understand. I, I don't understand what that's going to be like, but I'm looking forward to experiencing it. I'm going to show up already have paid and registered, take my cased firearm to the line, do what I'm told, shoot all the targets, put it back in the case and go home. Hmm, so as a match director, you'll also have to grit your teeth just a little bit because it's not your show <laughs> and it's not your monkeys and not your zoo. So you're have to go, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to, just going to be here and do my thing and not say anything about the way they're running it. <laughs> The only thing I'm going to do is be a range officer for it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so, time Are, you qualified? Are you qualified as a range officer uh, for an ORPS match? I'm not sure. I mean, we'll, we'll check and see if my CCFR RSO credentials, master learning facilitator status counts or not. No point gun at face. <laughs> there you go. That's all I ask. Cool. Anyways, that's it for me. Nice. Dave, what have you done in shooting this week? Well, I uh, uh, built my Colt Canada lower finally, which I brought to the maple seat and fired that work shot, and then it didn't work. <laughs> so I'm not actually, I have to take the trigger apart because I was getting extremely light strikes, like super, super light, about every two or three. So I'm not quite sure what the hell's going on. The, uh, the hammer spring, everything there looks good. Legs are in the right spot, so I'm not sure what's going oh. on. Interesting, because I yeah. thought for sure that would have been it, right? Uh, typically, like, uh, what else could it be? Um, the only thing I can think of is that I have a slightly different hammer in this. I have a, I have a, and I don't really know what the difference is. I think my other hammer in the other one is a full auto hammer, and this one's not. But that mm. sh- shouldn't make any difference. With well, the stuff I have unless my bolt. I think my bolt is actually a full auto bolt carrier, so. Hmm. may make a difference maybe i don't know um what about the firing pin there's a difference between a semi-auto firing pin and a full auto firing pin so if you got a full auto hammer in a um you got full auto hammer or semi-auto hammer that's a good question i don't actually know i'm assuming this one is probably a semi-auto hammer it's just a flat front on it rounded top okay so you could have a semi-auto hammer in a uh with a full auto bolt carrier group and then you could have a semi-auto pin or a full auto pin so maybe maybe the firing pin and the hammer are not interchangeable so what i mean by that is you can't use a semi-auto pin with a full auto hammer or vice versa so maybe that's the problem maybe the maybe the 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 hammer is semi-auto and the firing pin because it's inside a full auto bolt carrier group is a full auto pin and the two don't like each other it could be. I have to pull it all apart and, and inspect everything and figure out which parts I have because I don't really know. Yeah. So if everything's assembled correctly, then it's a, it's a uh, parts compatibility problem, most likely. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. So, yeah, I just have to pull everything apart, look at it, look it up online, see what what should be working together and then make it all the way it should work. It's a DPMS lower parts kit I put in this thing and it's actually a ridiculously light trigger pull. So I'm hoping that I can get it all working because I want to roll with that thing. It's much nicer than my Rock River Arms part lower parts kit I have in the other one. Hmm. But we shall see. So luckily at the uh, at the Maple Seed, when I pulled that thing out, 
I got pop, boom, pop, boom, nothing, 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 boom, boom, boom. I luckily had packed up my other lower that I knew worked, and I brought it with me because the Colt can of the lower I built it, but I had not actually tested it. So I brought a backup just in case. It's a damn good thing I did, or I would ended up using a uh, using a twenty two, which I didn't want to do. I wanted to use my centerfire. Yeah, it's really cool that you did what you did with the semi with a uh, centerfire because mm-hmm. yeah. you're dealing with recoil, and typically we don't deal with recoil out of maple seed. No, and I kind of last time I shot it with my uh, my ten twenty two at the charity shoot last year, and I got like two oh seven. And I thought, you know what? I'm much more confident with my uh, with my AR than I am with the ten twenty two because the ten twenty two I shoot it never. I think the second time I'd shot it was the maple seed last year, and I hadn't shot it since. All right. So I know it can shoot, but I'm just I'm just not confident with it, and I don't like the ergonomics on it. It's it's ten twenty two, whatever. I mean, it works. But uh, I decided to use the IUR, and that thing shot. It just shot lasers. I was I was very very happy with the way that thing shot. So I shot the maple seed and drumheller along with Trevor, and I got two twenty four, two thirty four. So unfortunately, I was one point under Trevor, and everything is a contest. So I've lost that contest. <laughs> But I did manage to clear the final target, which Trevor did not. So Ooh, you beat very you, good. You beat me. You beat me by one point, and I beat you on the final target by one shot. So I'm going to consider it a wash. So where where oh a oh, wash for you is a win. I see. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> were my two bullet holes touching on the last target at the top? Does not count. <sighs> it was a little too far to the left. Sorry, buddy. It was it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a really good shoot. Like uh, as Adriel was saying, it that that is the most gorgeous range I've ever shot at. It was. It was absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it's it's a range in the middle of the uh, the Badlands. Like uh, so funny. People from Saskatchewan are talking, calling them mountains, and the people from Alberta are like, "Please, please do not refer to these as mountains. These, <laughs> these are not mountains. They're not even foothills. We are in a valley." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just remind the scenery reminded me so much of those old spaghetti westerns where like you yep. and your buddies are are you think you've gotten away and you look up and all of a sudden up on the ridge line is a bunch of uh, natives on horseback and you realize you're done and that's what it was like every time I looked up there I was expecting to see something up on the ridge and we did we saw a muley doe during uh, setup a muley doe popped up over the ridge and hung out and watched she bedded down and. And watched us set up. Was it ever cool to see her silhouetted against the sky like that? Yep. Yeah, that was amazing. I've never been on a range that beautiful. And it's it's a nice range too. Like the facilities are very nice. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's an impressive place. I would uh, I would gladly shoot there on a regular basis should I oh, live hell yeah. less than thirty two hundred kilometers away. <laughs> <laughs> Big IDPA club. They shoot IDPA there very often. And um, uh, apparently, though. And I was talking to um, the Rossinator, Jeff's buddy from Calgary. He shoots IDPA there. You can get there in the morning. It's like 10 degrees. But then next thing you know, by 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you're baking down in that little valley area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no shadows. There's nothing. You're just out in the open, and there's no real grass or trees or anything anywhere around. Yeah. yeah. I went through. There's cactus. It's very desert. Yeah. 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 Cactus. Saw that. I went through four and a half liters of water for the maple seed in Ooh, that day. Very good. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. You know, one thing about the AR, your mag changes are probably 
fantastic. Like a like a a ten twenty two. The mags are so fiddly to like get in there when you're rushed, but with an AR, it's just like get it in there, and they drop yes. free. I don't know, man. You say yeah. that, but you're all slung up and stuff. Like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be. Um, I guess you I'd, are reloading with your right hand, which is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you drop the mag. So dropping the mag is easy, right? You just mm-hmm. use your trigger finger, boom, mag's out. But then I'm sitting there trying to get the freaking mag into the gun, and I'm all slung up, and I'm getting the muzzle starting to go all over the place. It's just bah. Unsafe should have DQ'd you. No, no, muzzle no, stayed you were on the backstop. I'm joking. I'm joking. Muzzle stayed on the backstop. I was careful. I know. Um, when you when you say muzzle all over the place, really, you're talking about like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like yeah. Degree can't other way. Yeah, exactly. It was still at my target, but not around my target. Yeah. Um, I did accidentally almost point it at the arrow next to me when you the butt on the ground and then you swing the muzzle up on your shoulder and I heard that and sling up. So he was like standing right over top of me when I did that. I'm like, oh hello. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Tim for standing over your muzzle. Well and the guns the guns unloaded, right? Whatever. That no, doesn't so, matter. Don't it's uh, I know, I know. Still. So that that uh Put, putting the muzzle up on your shoulder to sling up is a little weird. So I was mostly doing that from the ground because that makes, I know it's safe, but it just makes me a little, I don't know. Not yeah, not only it. that, typically you're on your knees and when it's in the cradle, the pocket there, your shoulder, it's pointed up. But not only is it pointed up, it's pointed up range. Yeah, exactly. Back over your shoulder. So that's a little, uh, that's a little weird to me. Because you, you know, in an act in a service rifle sport, you wouldn't do that. Nay, nay. No, there would be there would be yelling if muzzles are over backstops. But that being said, again, weapons are cleared. Yeah, there's nothing in it. Bolts locked back. It's it's fine. It's whatever. well, yeah. I mean, different different events have different uh, uh, different standards. Like in a maple seed, yep. your safeties have to be on. Your chambered flags have to be in. The barrel has to be over the six steps the to make your rifle safe. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a crazy amount of that kind of stuff in a service rifle match you wouldn't have that you wouldn't have people barking at you about half of that stuff in an ipsic match you don't need to run chamber flags or yes you do uh okay where's your chamber flags in a in a pistol yeah oh, you didn't say pistol pcc's chamber flag muzzle up oh yeah how's yeah. that uh, how's that process go again you put the bolt forward then you pull the trigger then after you pull the trigger you open it up again and then you put a safe chamber flag in if you're finished on load show clear if clear hammer down open action is the equivalent of holster so one flag right so you you hammer down to make sure that there's no round in the chamber and instead of saying holster the final command is open action and once the action is open the shooter inserts the flag and carries it muzzle up so a firearm a pcc with bagged, a, bagged or muzzle up muzzle up. muzzle up in, in ipsic Muzzle up with the chamber flag inserted is the equivalent of a holstered firearm. So now you can follow your RO around during scoring. If you bend over to pick up a mag and you muzzle somebody, uh, it's the same idea as if I have a holstered firearm and I bend over and you're behind me. Well, I'm muzzling you, right? It's in the holster, but I'm, my muzzle's still pointed at you. So it looks worse with a PCC and you don't want to be that guy because you will get a warning. No one would ever warn you for bending over with a, with a holstered firearm and mm-hmm. having the muzzle, you know, it's like, Oh, it's dangerous if it's in your hand and you sweep me when it's unloaded. But if it's in your holster and unloaded and you sweep me, it's not dangerous. 
you know, we draw lines in the sand, right? Sometimes they're arbitrary. Yeah. So, yeah. so, when so we get- as far as the case goes, Adriel, you travel from bay to bay with it cased. And when you arrive in the bay, there's always supposed to be a safety table for the arrows because the arrows are not allowed to arrow with their gun on. So you take your PCC to that table, you uncase it. When you're the shooter that's on deck, then you go get it and uh, carry it muzzle up to the shooting area and you wait till you're told to step to the line. Load McCray. Variety of how guns are safety depending on the event. All right. Yep. Dave, I, I took your bit there and I, me and Trevor went on a little side detour there. I don't know where we're at. I'm lost. What are we doing? <laughs> I was going to say we service, now? Uh, service rifle. We uh, point her down range, mag out, chamber check, pull the trigger, close your dust cover, sling it or low carry. And that's it. You wander around the ring with it. That's fine. We clear them all. Sling or low carry. Interesting. Yeah, because we've cleared the guns. It's yep. a military style. Like you see guys walking yep. around yep. with the trail carrying the guns, dust cover clothes. We clear them. So yep. it's whatever. Yeah. See, some events will have the action open so that you can show that it's open all the time, but you guys do an action closed because that's your indication that's that's uh, safety. Exactly, because it's mm-hmm. mostly ARs. If you had racked it, your dust cover's open. So if you see somebody with a dust cover open, you bring them over to the side berm, have them open it, and clear the gun again. Because obviously yeah. they had the action back for some reason. We used to do, we well, some people do bolt open. The only problem is with an AR, inevitably you're walking around with it and you bonk it and you're k-tunk behind yep. you. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting all the different ways people do things. Um, okay, moving on. What else did I do? Uh, oh, yeah, so I got my rifleman, so that was awesome, and beat Trevor on the final one, which was one. Therefore, you won. Uh, I did win, because <laughs> I never I never shoot, and Trevor shoots all the time. So if I can get oh. a draw with Trevor, I am I wasn't, Dude, I wasn't even supposed to shoot that part, that uh-huh. final target. I never shoot the final target. When, uh-huh. I'm done the, the, when I'm done the MQT grind, I'm done. Don't you got you got to say why you did the last one, Trevor, because it's magical. <laughs> one of the I, IITs comes up to me. I think it was Ryan, wasn't it? I think it was Ryan. Ryan's like the nicest guy in the world. I think he might actually be nicer than Dave, if that's humanly possible. <laughs> and so I'm I'm walking back, and I'm he's like, "Here's your uh, your Mad Minute target." I'm like, "No, thanks, man. I'm done. I never shoot that." He's like, "Really?" I'm like, "No. When I'm done the MQT grind, I'm done." He said. He looks at me like with these puppy dog eyes, like, would you shoot it for me? (laughs) (laughs) No one cares. They just let me go. Right. Would you shoot it for me? He took it as a personal challenge. They're like, oh, he he didn't grab one. And they're like, yeah, he never shoots it. He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I took it as a personal challenge. Hold my beer. Yeah. Hold my beer. He said, (laughs) I'm glad you did because I beat you. So you're welcome. Thank Ryan. I have a video of me beating you in a steel shoot with a handgun in 2013, which I knew I would never, ever be able to do again. And I hold that truly true close to my chest and I watch it at least once a week. So now I have, now I have that target hanging on my wall as well to keep me at night. Now you ever go me, over to your place. It's like, Hey, you guys want to watch something here? Let me show you. Like on repeat. My random home video. Oh, this disc is all worn out. Sorry. Let me get my backup. <laughs> Now was that with the same 1911 that uh, I used in the uh, maple or in the uh, charity shoot? Yes, it was. Right. Okay. Yep. Same 1911 that I beat you with and uh, Jeff with. Absolutely. Nice okay. shoot. Yeah, was the only you. one you actually uh, you, you got uh, all A's with. It was my last clean one. Yep. It's yeah. funny. Um, I set my score with Adriel's gun, 
my fastest raw time was with Gavin's Glock 34. And then my final 100% accurate run was with your 1911. I just mm-hmm. needed, I needed some 1911 love back in my hands. Absolutely. Can't so, go wrong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. What else have I done with guns? I got a shadow hammer from Adriel in the mail, but that's a shadow two hammer. You said, will that work on my shadow one? Uh, I don't know. Try it. Okay. Put, Put it in there. There. See what happens. Try and see if, see it, if it goes full auto. That'd be cool. Could I, <laughs> Nothing changed. I would suggest telephoning the um, warranty center and asking them before you do that. I'm I thought ready. you had a Shadow 2. I thought it was a Shadow 2 that you had. No, no. He's Shadow 1 forever. Mm. Years he's had that gun. Mm. Yeah, it's an SPO one. Mm. Yeah, which I haven't shot in a year because I didn't have a hammer. So, well, I did shoot it once. It was fully semi-automatic. Sorry, semi-fully automatic. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I'll try that. I'll see if that is actually a part I can replace. If not, Just then... Put it in. Yeah, be in your hand. See what happens. Eh, you dry fire it to find out, anyways, what's, right? What's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? <laughs> Full auto. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, do you have maple seed. Okay, we're going to talk about the charity shoot later. Uh, oh, when I was driving out, so I drove out to the charity shoot. So I got my car, my ass in my car, and I drove out to the maple seed, which was 3,200 kilometers one way. So that took me a long time to get there, but totally worth it. And I got out to Winnipeg where I was working for the day and I realized, oh, I didn't bring sling swivels to shoot the maple seed. And I kind of need those for the maple seed. So I went to Cabela's who have no quick disconnect sling swivels at all. So, you know, hey, thanks Cabela's. Glad you're a sponsor, but you need to carry more sling swivels. So I found this place called Extreme Gun Shooting Center in uh, Winnipeg, swung by there, met Aaron and Austin who are big fans of the show uh they also hate trevor so i i, I knew that they were fans <laughs> okay i gotta stop i, I have to stop you luke godin luke godin is watching live on youtube he sends me this ridiculous story he's at the range and some guy drives by on a dirt bike and like yells something at him and I guess he saw some CCFR swag or something that Luke Godin had going on. I mean, there may be a sticker on his vehicle or I don't know. But anyway, a guy drives by on a dirt bike and yells something. And Luke, like, waves him down, says, what did you say? He looks back at him and says, Trevor sucks, and takes off. <laughs> you can't make you can't. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, Aaron at uh, Extreme Gun Shooting Center, who, by the way, had sling swivels. So thanks very much, boys. Shout out to you. That's awesome. They're probably listening, or Aaron is anyway. Uh, Aaron mentioned that he had met uh, Tracy Wilson at an event. I told him about charity shoot. And uh, he immediately went home and told his girlfriend who he'd met and showed her picture. And she's like, who the hell is this? So he explains the whole thing, and she was completely unimpressed with the fact that he had met Tracy Wilson, so he had to put his tail between his legs and go brag to his friends instead. <laughs> Adriel, you're going to stretch my hat, man. I got, a large, I, know talking about. I got a large one right here that will fit your cranium. You're going to stretch my hat. That's my good shooting hat. I'm sorry this, I forgot. This is my hat. I don't know what you're talking about. Pull it down low. I've had this hat since forever. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I wouldn't notice. <laughs> I knew you would notice. <sighs> That's why I got it. That's why you're trolling me on my own show. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> well done, sir. Anyway, so right. Aaron, Aaron's wife was jealous of Tracy, or, or what was the I, deal there? I kind of, she didn't know who this chick was and stuff. Oh, so. just yeah. 
Yeah, meeting random chicks. I, I guess so. But she was not impressed, so he had to go brag to his friends instead. Tail between <laughs> his legs. That was a pretty good story. Uh, that is cool. Yeah, cool, cool place. If you're in Winnipeg, go check these guys out. They make uh, their own PRS chassis. They have their own little machine shop set up in there. They make muzzle okay. brakes and uh, we mag- should have them on magnetic mag pouches and stuff. Yeah, we should. They're really, uh, really cool guys. I hung out there for about an hour and chatted with them. It's so hmm. very cool. They go do gun rentals. If you want to go in and shoot, you don't have your pal. You can just go in and shoot. It's pretty cool. Nice. Not 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 rent and leave and you know go gangbang in Winnipeg's downtown. It's you have to shoot from there and not have a criminal record and stuff. So oh weird. Throwing that in just in case anyone was wondering. Cool. Uh, other than that, uh, that's that's everything I did. All right. So uh, now that I've actually looked at the bottom of the show notes, I see that we have uh, host responsibilities here. So I'm, I'm liking that. Uh, you that should be a tell side. So, yeah. so you're, 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 you're moving, moving everything to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're into upcoming events. Yes, I'm into upcoming events. Uh, Adriel? Yeah, so uh, we've got some three-gun matches coming up here. I haven't done this for about a month. Uh, today is the start of the Prairie Fire Classic Multi-Gun. It's going to be going on for three days, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Wow. Long days, long days. Actually, they're probably actually not that long when they're doing them like three days in a row like that. They're probably not. <laughs> they're probably not going to be twelve hours on the range. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, there's the uh, uh, Mighty Peace three gun, July thirteenth. Also this weekend, Northwest three gun, July twenty first. CDTSA is doing a match, July twenty first. DTSA is doing a match, July twenty first. Oh, two matches in Calgary on the same weekend. <laughs> Uh, Lakeland Three Guns doing one on July 27th. BC Three Gun Championships are August 3rd to 5th. That's the big major match in BC. That'll be at the Lone Butte uh, range. Uh, the CCSC Lethbridge Three Gun will be on August 3rd. Uh, BTSA August 5th and Chaz August 10th, which I think I'm going to make now. I was supposed to go to my my, my cousin's wedding. They're not listeners, so this is okay. I was supposed nah, to go to their wedding. But they're like, yeah, you can come, but we don't have enough tickets for your kids. And I was like, ah, I can't come. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I got to go to this three-gun match. <laughs> Woo, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'll get married again. Not a problem. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the next one. But yeah. uh, Sorry, did you say your cousins are getting married? I have some. Uh, Alberta, just wondering. So many, yeah. Uh, all right, then. Yeah. <sighs> you got any? They're any... not. They're not cousins. Oh, okay. Well, it took you a few minutes to deny that. So whatever. That's all good. <laughs> It's 2019. We're not judging. Yeah. yeah okay. Judging. Stop being non-family ableist or whatever. I don't. I don't even know what that thing is. Incest. Stop. Stop being an incest denier. Uh, this yeah. is going nowhere. Please, someone yeah. get me Trevor, get me out of this Trevor, bad joke. Take Trevor, me out. You got any? Got any upcoming events, sir, Trevor? I believe the expression he's looking for is next of kin is best of skin. I think that's what he was trying to say. Uh, keeping the family. Keep and the family. Uh, no, I, I. If there's no, I don't. Just carry on. Yeah, nothing. Okay. Uh, Ontario Rifle Association has a service rifle match coming up on July 20th, Saturday, and then an ORA precision match coming up on 21st. Shout out to Dave Eislil that's been running those. He's uh, He listens to the show. Great guy. And uh, it's been going really well. He just took over as the match director for Precision. So if you want to have some fun, check out the Ontario Rifle Association uh, website. You can come out as a guest once. And after that, you have to join as a member. But uh, yeah, come out and shoot once. Fun. Uh, what else we got? News. Well, the big shooting event in Drumheller we have is news on, from the Drumheller online. But uh, that would be sort of the main topic. Skip that. It got covered by a newspaper of some kind. 
a local it, newspaper covered a shooting event. That's kind of interesting. It did, which is hmm. awesome. I find the local newspapers often cover stuff like that. Like the local one where I grew up, they cover the, they cover a few little sort of bigger things that are going on. They'll mention that there was a charity thing or a, you know, a conservation thing where they were shooting. But uh, yeah, not that often you see that sort of thing. The lazy good for nothing current here at my newspaper. I told him about it. He wanted me to do his job. Oh, uh, take some pictures and send me a write up. Uh, Wait a second. What's your job? Oh, we don't, we don't go out to check presentations. Mother effer, this is Camelton. You ain't got nothing better to do than come out to check presentations. In other news, a lost dog was reunited with their family this week. <laughs> Couldn't believe that asset. Yeah. So um, yeah. now the radio station has been great to us. But yeah, this guy, no, screw this guy. So I never thought about a radio station. Having a radio station out at a match would be fantastic. That would be not really just, cool. Not just that. I've been in the booth at the station, interviewed about upcoming events for my club, man. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Well, if it's local guys, I mean, they, they should be interested in stuff like this. It's a local event. It's fun. People are coming out. I mean, why not? Raising a pile of money for charity. Yeah, exactly. And especially for a charity thing. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, it is good to see some coverage for the event. That is uh, that is fantastic. Yep. Uh, what else we got? New gun stuff, uh, which I haven't clicked on. Sorry, listeners. I, I haven't, seen, I haven't I, seen these before. So, um, I like Trevor, have you seen these? The IWI Masada. No. How do you I'm, know there's a thing? Is this a Jericho? In a, in a, is this a plastic Jericho? It can't be. There's no hammer. It's striker oh. fired. What is this thing? Hold, take a breath, dude. Take a breath. No. What is this? It's a striker fired pistol. I don't know about. I don't think you know about. I don't know about it. This is you don't know about it. You know what it looks like? It looks a lot like the CZ polymer striker fired pistol. VZ, VZ, VZ. Sorry, VZ. Huh. That's interesting. I'd like to see a picture with the slide off because if it is like the VZ, it's on all plastic. The rails are plastic. Oh, interesting. It's uh, Ruger American-esque kind of grip, Glock-esque style trigger, very square, blocky trigger guard. It's got a rail with pick rail up front. It looks like a 4-inch pistol with a 4.2-inch barrel. Oh, sorry, 4.17-inch. Is that legal for us? Obviously, yeah. Comes with night sights. Well, that's good. $600. 10 plus 1, according to the Kanata Stan. Yeah, I'm looking at... uh... I'm looking at some of the features of it's a striker fired polymer pistol. There are no features on this that aren't on every other single striker fired pistol out there. Nope, it's neat. Trigger they say it has a low bore uh, or low, low barrel axis. I don't know if it does or not. Does it? It looks pretty standard to me. Slide looks pretty compact. I don't know. Cold hammer forged barrel. Oh, that's the same as the FN. Yep. Yep. Called uh, the Massad. Model Massad. Massada. Massada. Uh, mm-hmm. Huh. Fully ambi controls, okay. Three dot tritium. Interchangeable trigger mechanism can swap. Just swap your trigger mech out if things go wrong. It's kind of cool. Yeah, mm, it's a pistol. Yeah, five ninety nine. Anybody happens to uh, yeah. happens to own one, maybe Benny owns one. I'll have to ask him. Maybe he's got a thing for the IWIs. Mm. He does like his Jewish firearms. Yeah, go figure. Kosher. Well, they make yeah they make kosher guns, man, for sure. Yeah. Their guns are kosher. I have original rifled really hammer forged. So here you are. Oh, it doesn't have any features that the other ones don't have. Cold it doesn't. That's like a, a gold. A Glock's got a, a polygonal rifling, and so the other ones have the rest hammer forged. Hmm. 
that do you find a difference between <laughs> your polygonal rifling and your non? Mm, yes, polygonal is a pain in the butt because you can't shoot like lead. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do, but you're not supposed to. So, all right, cool. IWI is the last guys to get a polymer strike fired gun. Welcome. To well welcome. Yeah. Welcome to every other person, every other company making a uh, uh, polymer striker fired pistol. Since we can get uh, holsters, maybe it'll be something that'll be interesting. If, some, if somebody happens to pick one up, Benny, let us uh, let us know what you think of it, Benny. <laughs> oh, so think of Benny. Well, while I'm trying to do the show, I'm getting messages from Casper. He set up his tablets tonight for his match tomorrow morning. And God love him. He's working out there almost by himself. He's got to go to the range at like 5 a.m. in the morning to do the targets. Mm -hmm. And now he's he password protected the tablet and goofed when he put the t password in. He doesn't know what it is. The tablet's locked. <laughs> <laughs> but if he synced it to the other ones, no, if you synced it. So, Chris, I don't know if you're listening. If you synced it after you put the password in, sorry, dude. <laughs> then that match is locked in all your tablets. Start over. It's not a big deal. Start over. Yeah, it's gotta, a waiver. As long as you got the squatting done on the website, you just rebuild your stages and download the uh, registration again. Still funny. Cancel rebuild the match. Rebuild your stages. You know you can put the stages in the web version and then download them to your tablet, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Never done it, but yes, I know you can. That's quite cool. So, All right. Cool. We are going way long. Yeah, All right, let's move on time. to our let's move on to our main topic then, the charity shoot recap. Yeah. We went to a charity shoot. We, we did. We went to a thing. charity shoot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Out in Drumheller, very scenic, very picturesque. It was an awesome day. Started so, off. Go ahead. So overall, what was your overall feeling from the match? Well, that's not okay. Well, overall, including the uh the pub night, because we did a pub night first. Mm -hmm. Um Okay, well, uh, if we're talking my overall impressions of the charity event proper that took place at the range on Saturday, um, extremely pleased. Overall, extremely pleased. And uh, I've come out and I've said it on online, on social media, uh, the best charity shoot to date, in my opinion, because of the overall quality um, of the events and the organization of the events. Uh, there was just so many things that were were done right and bang on that for me, this was the best charity event, not only because it was the most attended, not only because it raised the most money, just everything combined. The range was perfect. The shooting events at the range were perfect for this kind of event. There was something everybody could get into. Mm -hmm. um, you had two different kind of pistol things going on. You had some prohibs there that you could try. That was an added little bonus. Um, there was all kinds of different rifle shooting at different distances. Uh, there were some vendors on on uh, on site. Some sponsors were there. There was food on site. There was lots of water. I would just axe throwing, knife throwing, right. Speeches by the deputy mayor who showed up to thank everybody. Yeah, that was yeah. Awesome. The mayor showed up. Like, talk yeah. about like great local support for yep. for an event. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, Jason uh, Phillip just busted his balls, and despite putting up with Trevor harassing him online for several months beforehand, yeah, yeah, he uh, he uh, pulled off a hell of an event. He had a lot of help, but all we had uh, to do. All we had to do in the end was what he told us, and everything was fine. 
That's how that worked. Stop asking questions. Go where I tell you to go. When I tell you to go, do what I tell you to do. When I tell you to do it and everything will be just fine. And that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was awesome. Like not only did we have the charity event, then he puts together a banquet. And the best way to describe this or the best analogy I could come up with would be like, this was like a wedding rehearsal. It really was. You had a head table. You had a schedule of activities, like first the father of the bride speaks, then the mother of the bride speaks, then the father dances with the bride. It was like down to the minute, right to the, and this was obviously a joke, but the very last hour of the evening was what Trevor did this week in Guts. <laughs> a few people were actually asking me, is this actually serious? I'm like, I don't know, man. Once Trevor gets <laughs> I don't know if I can stay this late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of the thing that uh, was interesting for me was seeing Jason in his element when he was, because uh, uh, he was auctioning, a, a real auctioneer, really auctioning stuff at, at this uh this banquet and it was uh super interesting super yeah. interesting seeing him work in the crowd <laughs> that, that was funny because we're sitting up on stage and we're like okay gonna do the auction he's like hey blah blah blah, blah, blah. i'm like holy crap he's an actual auctioneer i had no idea this <laughs> this is is thing. <laughs> i hadn't been to an auctioneer auction in probably 25 years since i used to go to cattle auctions so that was fantastic so well done jason yeah, he did a great job. And he suckered me too one time. He's like, it's just five more dollars. And then I made the bid. He's like, just kidding. It was 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, um, pub night was awesome. The pub was a little out of the way. I wasn't expecting it to be as far as it was. But so, the cool thing about Drumheller is, uh, of course, it's known for its dinosaurs, the quality and consistency and caliber of the fossils in Drumheller are just second to none. There's a, a like, I'm surprised that Tyrell Dinosaur Museum is not a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Like there's a fossil museum in my community or in the community next to mine that is a UNESCO World Heritage Site because of the quality and the consistency. And it's nowhere near as cool as this. This is a world-class facility. And um, it's the, then you see people from all over the world coming there yeah. to, to Drumheller. Just like, for that. Nowhere. Yep. Yep. The, the most complete Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, fossil in the world was found there. Um, but anyway, the other thing about Drumheller is it its history lies in coal mining. And so it's a Western coal town. And the saloon that we went to for the pub night is actually part of a, a structure that was like at the end of the era. It was built in 1913. It's a hotel and it's a saloon and it still looks kind of period correct or definitely period correct on the outside. And even on the inside, the reception area for the hotel is just amazing. The cash registers like from back in the day and stuff. Yeah. There's actually three bullet holes in the wall from a gunfight that happened there in 1971. They got a picture frame around it. It's really cool. So the pub, the pub was cool. Uh, Adriel really liked the wings. He liked them four pounds much. <laughs> so good on Adriel for eating four pounds of wings. I was talking to Rick. Other people got double ordered as well. Not just me. <laughs> I think it's a thing they do. <laughs> you uh, ordered at one table. Uh huh. They brought them to that table, and then you switched tables and ordered again. No, I switched tables, and the lady's like, "You had the wings, right?" I'm like, "Yes, two pounds." And she's like, "What flavor again?" I'm like, "This flavor." And she went and got them for me, and they came to the other table as well. That's why I ate four pounds of wings. I, I ate a pound. Of I helped you out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So brother out. 
Well, I was panicking when we got there because they only had 15 seats reserved for us and they filled up in like eight minutes. And then before some people had arrived, other guests were like moving into our section. They didn't care that it said reserved and I didn't have my gun. And, you know, what was I going to do? It was a gun-free zone. It was a 1911 free zone. Actually, there was a sign on the way in, no no guns allowed. It was a picture of a 1911. So. Anyway, um, in the end, uh, a lot of people moved out, and all of our people moved in, and, and we had a, an awesome little pub night there. Uh, you guys, what do you want to talk about from the event, like your highlights from, from the event? Anything that really stuck out for you guys? Uh, I should mention quick, the morning of the event, most of us went and did the most of the podcast. Oh, right. A few other people went and did the Stop the Bleed course with Gavin from uh, Ragnarok Tactical and Canadian Patriot Podcast, which yes, was Yes, if we're awesome. going in order, that's what we did, yeah. Yeah, we learned yeah. how to properly plug a hole and yeah. stop wounds, and then... Uh, and then we learned how to properly apply a tourniquet. And the fact that you apply a tourniquet, the person will not instantly lose the limb, as several of my uh, first aid instructors in the past have told me. Yeah. Uh, two to six hours, which is a little more than instantly. So that was, uh, it was really good. It was a good course. Not quite as long as I figured it would be. I figured we'd be there for quite a few hours. And it was about, what, an hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, uh, which is good, right? Like, I mean, but here's, yep. the, I think everybody the course was tailored to the people around the table. Like Sean was there and he had a bunch of his own personal kits with him, right? Like I don't know that anyone at that table didn't already have a first aid or better already. So he didn't have to dumb it down yep. for us. He didn't have yep. to drag yep. it out. Yeah. We got into the, to the um, nitty gritty of um, this is how you pack the, pack the wound. And this is how you apply the tourniquets. Like I, I have applied tourniquets before, but never that much. It was awesome. I put them on myself. I put them on Adriel. Um, it was uh, a lot of hands-on, which is what you I didn't, want. You didn't ask if you could. There no, was no I just consent grabbed your leg. <laughs> no yeah. consent given. I got started right touching up, me inappropriately. Right, yeah, and right up around your, right up around your yep. junk. I was mm-hmm. hoping to actually get a testicle in there, but your your boxer briefs obviously hold everything in place because I got way up there, like uncomfortable up there. Yes. Yeah. Uncomfortable silence. Mm. All right then. After still, uh, still after feel the scars. After uh, tre- Trevor molested Adriel, still got bruising. I've still got a bit of bruising on. I had uh, quite a yeah a bruise around my bicep. I mean, they said when you think you're done, give it one more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you put that tourniquet on there, and that thing is on. It, it's on. It's on. Yep. Your fingers start tingling within seconds. Yeah, but I got it the greatest like pump picture for Instagram ever. Like my my biceps looked huge. And your face is going red. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that was that was really good. Uh, it was really good to learn that sort of you know how to stop people from bleeding out properly, yep. sort of thing. And it is amazing with a with a uh, he brought Gavin brought some uh, blocks of gelatin, saw blocks of rubbery stuff that actually have the the uh, wound channel in a forty five and a nine mil and a knife. And it is amazing how much gauze you can stuff into a 45 round. I stuffed probably a good six feet, seven feet worth of gauze in a one and still had it. Like, yeah. So that I, I had no idea it would take that much gauze to like really pack. That was remarkable. Yeah. When you pull it all out and you see just (laughs) how long that piece is, that was in that hole. It's like crazy. It's like a party trick. Yeah. Yeah, it really is called hide the gauze. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was really good. Even the slash wound, like the slash wound wasn't that deep, but when you started packing gauze into it, it was like, holy crap. It was, uh, it was impressive. I got to get some more gauze for my kit because I don't have enough gauze in that first aid kit. 
So that was very good. Uh, any other comments on the Stop the Bleed course? I need replacement certificates. I got crushed in my laptop bag on the way home. Mine got all muddy because I got blown out of the floor. So I'm going to get uh, Gavin to email it and I'll print it in color. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Stop the Bleed was awesome. You should go take a course with Ragnarok. Uh, charity shoot. We already went on about how awesome Jason was and what an awesome job he did. I think um, uh, the parts, parts of the charity shoot were really cool where it was that it was like uh, just shooting with buddies from all over the country. Like we all kind of congregated in this one spot and we, there were, there were a couple of like stage stages where we were trying to beat each other's times. Um, but you didn't need to do the whole thing. You could just like nope. sit on the stage you wanted or go do some long range or do some short range or shoot some flapjacks or, or, or do uh, El Prez all, all day. If you really love El Prez, which I think you love, uh, right, Trevor? I don't ever need to shoot an El Prez again <laughs> as long as I live. So Trevor oh, Trevor managed to get himself a really good score of 6-12. And After, then he, how many times did you shoot it? I lost track. I, couldn't I brought a ton a of ammo, and it was all gone. <laughs> yeah. So Trevor got his 6-12, and then he wandered away all pleased with himself. So a bunch of us were hanging around, and uh, I, I looked at everybody, and I said, you know what we should do? is we should write a slightly lower score on the board and then just leave it there and let Trevor know and then just leave and see what happens. He'll probably be here all day trying to beat that score. So we asked the RO if it was okay, and he said, yeah, whatever, this is hilarious. You guys are evil bastards, but go ahead. So we put uh, six... Or he, so uh, I had, had six fourteen. We yeah. put six twelve. Yeah, but we put a rod you, instead. Yeah, you made a mistake with the name. Yeah, yeah. it needs to be more believable. Yeah, well, that was funny anyway, because I texted trevor and said hey somebody beat your score about five minutes after you left and then we're walking down the ramp to go back down to the rifle range and filthy's there and filthy points he's like oh oh, there's trevor there's trevor and i see trevor look down at his phone and then frantically start texting i'm like gotcha (laughs) so trevor's text back was what i'll fix that (laughs) and i think you actually did end up spending the rest of the day up there shooting i sure did yep yeah, and I don't think you didn't come that. Did you come close to beating it? Most of the times I saw you were over ten after that. No, I ended up with um, a couple of high sixes, but I could never get a clean. I had lots of raw times under six, um, but I could never get a clean. So it was a, it was an IDPA target, so you had to stay in the down zero. Otherwise, they added time to your score. Your the way the the way the the stage was set up was your time was your score. The amount of time it took you to shoot it was what your score was. So if you kept them all in the A zone or the down zero zone, down zero zone on the target, then your time is your score. But if you wander out of that down zero into the minus one or the minus three, then that is added to your. T- it should be plus. I don't know why it's a minus IDPA dyslexia. Yeah, so if you're in the zero, that's fine. If you shoot it in five seconds, five seconds is your score. But if you put a bunch in the zero and then you put one in the uh, minus one, well, your time just went from five seconds to six seconds. So I had some fast raw times, but it's not hit factor scoring. It's it's down zero scoring or whatever they call it. So, um, yeah. And the way that one worked was you start with a, a loaded gun, low ready. You shoot three targets, two on each target, reload, shoot three on each target with a mag change in there. So I thought your uh, I thought your six twelve was quite or six fourteen was quite good. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, it was. Yeah, I mean, it got the job done that day for that crowd. But it is what it is. Yep. 
Very good. So they did that one. That uh, I enjoyed that. I, that's the only thing I shot. I shot that uh, two or three times, I think, just for fun. And that was uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. And then I shot uh, on the rifle range. They had the rifle range set up with targets from 200 back to 300. And people were just sitting there blasting all day. They had steel. They had flapjacks, had all sorts of targets set up. Uh, a vendor brought a new type of steel target they're experimenting with, put it out mm-hmm. on the range, and it was bright blue. And that thing got the crap shot out of it. So be, I would, I would be very interested to they see. They wanted to happen. Yes, they were testing it. So they said, shoot the crap out of it. So it was getting shot. Oh, that thing must have taken thousands of rounds. So I would be interested to see what kind of shape that target was at the end of the day. Because I was putting 338s into it. People were putting all sorts of stuff into it. So it would be interesting to see how it stood up. Nice. So that was fun. I uh, got to shoot Adriel's WC-180. I'd never fired one of those. That was fun. Shot a couple really fancy 22s that are out of my budget range. That was good. Shot uh, uh, shot Short Round's new uh, Rex, Rexter's new 338 that he just built. So that was pretty awesome. That's a nice gun. He built it on the way out there and put it all together, and it worked. So good on him. And shot uh, Baby's weird little, I don't know, those little Glock carbine conversion things. Ronin's. Uh, Ronin, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but it, it was fun. Shot that. Shot Ian from uh, Prepper Podcast, Ruger PC9. That's an awesome little gun. I really like that. Gallon I forgot. Loves this. He loaned me that rifle. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, for review. Sweet. Oh, cool. I'll I, ship I, it out to me when you're done with it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Him. I'll, yeah, no, just ship it. He'll be ship it. Yeah, I'll be Sorry, fine. Ian. I, He's a busy guy. I gave it to someone else. He's got it now. You'll have to get it from him. Yeah, that's a, that's a slick little gun. I wasn't sure about those, and I'd still prefer it with a pistol grip on it, but uh, that's a very nice little rifle. I really like that. He he handed it over to me, uh, muzzle up, and I started. I, I was like grabbing for the pistol grip. I'm like, where, where is this thing? Oh, it's a grip there. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, actually firing, it's fun. Yeah, it's really slick little gun. I really like it, and the price, I mean, whatever. You know, for what it is, and I was surprised by the weight of it. That thing's, that thing's got some some girth to it. Very nice, and no recoil, so very slick. Yeah, really, and they're quiet. They 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 make about as much sound as a twenty two. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. I may have to look at getting one of those. I really like it. Check out the FX nine because um, it's BCC and it's AR ergonomics, which is more your cup of tea. Yeah, I fired one of those um, at the GAT show. I found I'd have to get one and handle it, I think, a little more because I found it dug into my hands in some weird spots just the way I was holding it. I didn't have that problem with the the Ruger, but uh, yeah, it was a cool little gun too. Mm. Cool. Yeah, one of the other. Yeah. yeah, well, one final comment from me about what I liked about the um, charity event was you weren't tied to any schedule or any particular event, like in other times, like we, you shoot this stage, then you shoot this stage, you just shoot this stage, whenever it's organ, whoever organizes it brings their flavor to it, right? If they're a competitive shooter, they, they build, they build it around competition. We saw that in Ontario kind of both times. Um, and then we, we had we see challenge yep. competition. Yeah. We yep. see it in my shoot. Everything is, is based around competition. You shoot a steel challenge, you shoot around a silhouette, you shoot around trap. We take a score for everything and we award prizes to the people who actually win those events. Plus it's a great way to figure out the McClatchy award. Right. Um, so the charity shoot 
shouldn't intimidate people because they're not interested in competition, right? It should be something that's accessible and approachable for everyone. And this one certainly met that you could shoot those events as much as you wanted. Now that the ones that there were awards for like Jason knew how to maximize profits, so to speak. Yes, you can shoot all day. If you want to be part of the contest, you got to pay up. You want this score to be recorded? Where's your ticket? Tickets are two bucks a piece. Go buy them, right? So, of course, I bought, you know, lots and lots and lots and lots of tickets. So, um, you did the Know Your Limits drill. So, it was quite challenging. It was very, very challenging bullseye shooting with a pistol. You wanted your time recorded, you coughed up a ticket. Same as the El Prez. But you didn't have to. Like, if you just wanted to go shoot it and try your hand at it, you were able to do that. You only got into the competition if you paid for the privilege of getting into the competition, right? There was prohibs there. Cough up some money, shoot a prohib, right? Um, then the rifle shooting, there was no, there was nothing other than just recreational, try each other's guns, hang out on the rifle line, and talk to each other kind of stuff. No, there was, there was a competition oh, on was the there? two and three hundred. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, which no. must have been really hard because there were people on the rest of the line firing at their targets as well. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I didn't know that. May or may not. Yeah, I didn't know either. And I was on the left hand side, and I was like, I was hammering those targets. Yeah, I looked over too. on the side, I'm like, oh, they're timing those guys. They probably have no idea when those contacts are like us doing this. Oops. <laughs> over on the left. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So. Anyway, but that's that's it. And then um, the banquet. Let's talk about the banquet a little bit in the auctions. Yeah. So we had the uh, we had the banquet after the event. It was at a uh, the same community center that the uh, that the um, stop, stop the bleed course was at. And people came in. Everybody sat up, sat down. We had the uh, the auction items and the uh, raffle items at the side, so everybody could get a look. There was a bar, so people could uh, buy their beverages as they wanted uh which went to the charity as well and uh we had the podcasters up at the front on a stage everybody got food and then we had our auction with our hot mics yeah (laughs) which must have been must have been amusing i did wonder though how many many people there actually knew had listened we should have actually asked if a show of hands how many people had actually listened to the podcasts they got a lot yeah, I think a lot of those people didn't. They're just from the local area, and they're club okay. guys. Yeah, <laughs> what is going on with these people? Who are yeah. these people? Why do they keep saying it's going to get adult after seven? What does that mean? What story time with Gallon anyway? Which turned out to be hilarious. That was that another was... way of me trolling Philp was to ensure that, uh, like I told Gallon right from the get go, you're not a podcaster. I don't care. You're on that stage. Follow me up to the stage. He's like, for you anything which is what he said to everyone all weekend for you <laughs> anything so yeah we promised all night that there would be story time with gallon and philp actually filped it he found a way to to to, re- to fix it so but yes yeah, so yeah the crowd was there not a clue who we were or why we had a a, a head table <laughs> to ourselves oh i like this part so Philp had been saying for a long time that there was going to be a contest to see who could eat the most pig. Well, how is that even a thing when, when you're not serving your own plate? Like, but he tells us to go up there and, and serve and, and get our food. So we got our tickets in our pocket. You got a meal ticket when you walked in and you got a door prize ticket. And then, so we go up and we're getting ready to start taking our, to start taking our food. Right. And, um, Kelly says, uh, filthy didn't get a ticket. <laughs> 
So here's what we're going to do. So Kelly and I come up with this scam where I'm going to take two plates, right? I'm going to put one in their paper plate. So I'm going to stack them up and I'm going to take twice the meat that I should take. And Kelly's going to take twice the vegetables. And then we're going to take our plates and she'll take a little bit of meat for herself. We'll have some meat for filthy. We'll have some meat for me. And some of the vegetables that she took will go on filthy's plate. Filthy will get a plate of food. So but we're up there by ourselves, right? The truth comes out now, Philp. We, we rigged your system. So, uh, and he's going to be you bastards. That was for charity. How could you do that? So anyway, um, the lady comes out and she's like, no, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't, you can't eat yet. And we're like, well, Jason told us to come up here. The, the podcasters have to eat first. We are the podcasters. Oh, well, go right ahead then. So I start <laughs> filling my plate with meat. And Jason said she was like panicking when she saw how much meat I was taking, thinking, oh my God, I hope not everybody takes this much meat. Right. So we get up to the table. All I have is a plate of meat, nothing, no vegetables, nothing, just a huge plate of meat. I get back to my table and with this huge plate of meat, knowing that there's a prize for whoever ate the most meat. But then I see everybody else, they're going up, they're giving their ticket, and they're having their plate served to them. It's like, it's not even fair. Nobody else, oh, no one else was ever supposed to get this but me. I see how this is, I see how this is shaping up. So anyway, um, when we get up to our table. It was a, it was a Trevor, Trevor trap. Yeah, it was a Trevor trap. Yeah. So uh, we get back to the head table and we're like, Oh, they didn't take our tickets. So, um, hey, you don't have a ticket. Here's a ticket. You don't have a ticket. Here's a ticket. So we gave our tickets away. So we double dipped on the tickets. So, um, yeah, and I ate almost all of it. I did give some of it to Kelly, but I ate almost all of it. And I went home with a trophy with a pig on it for the person who ate the most pork. Which you then broke your pig. How did, broke- you, did you fix your pig? Uh, not yet. It's just the, the year that broke off. So, um, you know, it's important that I can look at it and go, oh yeah, it was 2019 when I tried to give myself a heart attack eating pork. So. <laughs> you'll be in the, you'll be in the cardiac ward in 30 years, clutching that trophy. And you'll be like, why? <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> I sent a picture of it. Some of my Ipsic buddies, I said, I should be ashamed, but I ain't. <laughs> so, um, I was flying with carry on, right? So, um, I had to disassemble the trophies to get them into my backpack and into my suitcase. And they, uh, they, (laughs) they made me open up my bags. They wanted to see what the heck those, those things were. So anyway, did you explain to them what they were? Uh, They don't care what you have to say. I'm like, it's a trophy. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, so story time with gallon. Um, you you guys want to do that one or you want me to do that one? Go ahead. All right. So scaring the heck out of Phil because it was a family event and there was all kinds of families there. And there was actually a couple of young kids. We kept saying that, you know, it was going to be story time with Gallon after seven and Gallon get on the mic and goes, it gets very adult after seven. After seven, this place is going to get very adult. So if you're new to Slamfire Radio, Jason Gallon is a, is a shooting buddy of ours. He's now really involved in Maple Seed, but he just used to show up to random matches and stuff. And he does this every time we have a large event where Jason is present, we do this thing called story time with gallon. See gallon is a sexual deviant and a bit. Um, no, I guess that's it. Right. There's nothing else really I should call him. And very open, sexually adventurous and not ashamed at all of who he is. Correct. He it's really fantastic. takes, he takes pride in his deviance. And so he actually regales us with tales of women that he's met online and all the weird things that they do. And he holds nothing back. So it's extremely X-rated, but it's extremely funny. Listen, he's our own personal stand-up comic. 
It's sitting around listening to him tell these stories. You might as well be in a comedy club because it's that good. That's that's the best I, description I can give. It's like listening to your own personal stand-up comic. And you best not have a full bladder. <laughs> yeah, only it's all true. So anyway, uh, we were trolling Philp, saying that he was going to do story time with Gallon on the mic for the whole room. And uh, Philp talked him into delaying it for an hour. And then finally, and Benny uh, has something to do with these books. They're children's books. And it's the alphabet, and it's A to Z, and it's all gun-related. A is for ammunition and AR-15s. That's how the book goes. Well, didn't Philp get Jason to read that story on the mic? And in the front row was a little girl sitting on her mother's lap, listening to Jason's every word. (laughs) Which was the best thing ever. It was. Storytime with Gallon actually turned into him reading a book. And Jewel used to do that, too. Do we do? We'd have story time with Jewel, which was a very different thing. Jewel was a children's librarian, and she'd sit around and read us a children's book, which turned me into a huge Skippy John Jones fan. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. So, so. G gallon is for general general rating for everyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, all right. Well, what else? So we had two uh, hundred ish people on the range, and we had a bunch of people. I don't know how many people were at the uh, at the dinner. But quite a few, and between then 50, uh, between fifty and sixty came to the banquet. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason reports we raised ten thousand dollars plus for charity. Ten thousand so far. There's still a few uh, few guns that are going to be going up for auction. So uh, you know that's amazing. And the uh, the lady from the uh, Big Country Anti Violence Association was there. Uh, money's getting split between them and the local Humane Society. And the uh, the lady gave a, a talk about what they do. A bunch of the ladies on stage. Maybe there was crying and hugging, and maybe I had some dust in my eyes around that time. Maybe. So you know, the fact that we raised that much money for such a, a great cause was just—I mean, that was that was worth the drive. That was oh, amazing. Yeah. You know, so well done, Jason. That was uh, that was awesome. It's a great event, as Trevor said. Very very well done. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, where are we, where are we going to be next year there, Trevor? Oh, for the 10th, uh, we are back in Restigush and um, we will be, uh, well, the planning has already started really. Adriel and Kelly are going to take care of um, the social media aspect of things. And uh, Kelly's going to work on sponsorship for the, for the prize table. I'm going to take care of the range component and um, the events are already all planned. So um, it's, well, you know, I don't think we'll see the, uh, the numbers that we saw in Alberta, but you know, we're still gonna, we're still gonna hold our own and we'll try and beat our, our last number of 7,000. See if we can bring that up by like 500 bucks. And um, we also have to come up with something to do to gallon because gallon got pepper sprayed with bear spray last time as an extra after hours, uh, fundraiser to happen at the party at my place. So hmm, we have to come up with a new gallon punishment. Yeah. Interesting too. Cause I looked at that bear spray and it said not for use on people, but it actually worked. I figured it wouldn't work on people, but it actually does work very well on people. So y'all should keep that in mind. Mm, yep. It does work on people. Yep. Cool. Very cool. There's been way too much YouTube to bother with. Let's just get into our regular, uh, Listener feedback? Yeah. Yep. So, Mr. Host, you read this part. 
Uh, listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishing, as well as wood refinishing. Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing, and rust blowing, we found out. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. You can follow on Facebook at, can't spell it because it's in French, and Instagram, also in French. But I'm sure if you go to his webpage, you can. <laughs> the letters are literally there, so you could spell it if you wanted to. I'm Ar- not. Armory DC Gunsmith. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, A-R-M-U-R-I, I don't know. It's it's mm-hmm. weird in French, so just look him up at dcgunsmith.ca. I'm sure he yeah, has there we go. The man Thank in you, French, Dave. after all. So, uh, first thing we got here is from Sean. Hey guys, just wanted to say I had a blast as always at the Drummer seat, Drum Heller Maple Seat event. My wife came away determined to make some improvements to her shooting. This makes me happy, so I shouldn't have any issues dragging her along for an event next year. Maybe she'll be dragging you along. Special thank goes to Stacy and Kelly, who spent a lot of time with her getting her rifle fitted and making her comfortable during the challenges. I'll be spending quality time with my wife over the next couple of weeks, getting that 1022 fitted to her as good as possible. It It's her rifle now, LOL. As for me, I was happy to make Rifleman with my bolt action as time management with cycling the bolt provide, proved to be quite challenging. Well done, sir. As you guys know, I've been listening to the podcast for quite some time now, but it was great getting to meet Trevor Podcart for Latte and Adriel and see Kelly and Rick and the rest of the gang again. Lastly, I'd like to take I'd also like to take time to commend you all for taking the Stop the Bleed course put on by Gavin. These are easy to learn skills that are easy to apply in a situation where seconds count and medical help can be minutes or hours away. A tourniquet and a gauze roll or a lays bandage is a must for any range bag or ECD, and there's no point in learning the skills if you don't carry the tools. Perhaps CCFR-sponsored Stop the Bleed events could be in our future. Cheers, Sean S. Hmm, very good. Yeah, well, thanks, Sean. It was good to meet you as well. It was. Sean's a badass. He is a a total badass. Yeah, I'm a fan. Trevor, you want to take the next one? Yeah, Adriel, did we cover this? I, I I didn't know, so I threw it in anyway. Whatever, I read it twice is better than not reading it all. So this is from Brad. Hope the day is going well. Sorry I was late getting in this week in guns. I took a Ruger Precision Rimfire out to 300 yards at AMA. Okay, 285 yards, and was getting hits on Hun's head gong eight by eleven with it. Good fun. That's cool, man. Oh yeah, AMA goes out that far. Yeah. I've shot three gun out there uh, at ranges almost that far. Cool. Yep. If you would like to email the show, you can do so by sending it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Trevor, you're, you're yes. not the host. Whatever. I was finishing the email section. He just he just kept reading. That's okay. Mm. Uh, podcast app reviews, nothing there. Uh, okay. Shout outs, Trevor. Uh, to my roommates in Drumheller. It was so awesome. Everybody was contributing all the time, keeping the place clean, keeping us fed. We were like, no one had to be asked to do anything. Something needed to be done. People were jumping in. We were doing laundry, dishes, cooking. It was wicked. It was really awesome. Um, The ladies were very impressed with how much the men contributed. So it was not like being at home at all. I did stuff and I helped out. So I really, and I enjoyed it. I won't do it here though. Um, Also to uh, Richard Bone. He uh, he was with us every step of the way from the um, from the uh, pub night and all throughout the day at the uh, charity event. And he got lots of amazing photographs and video. So thank you for being there, Richard, and uh, contributing. And it was always great to see you. And I can't wait to see you again sometime. 
Also um, to other Trevor and Stefan for helping me on the range this week. Uh, I will sleep like a log tonight, knowing that we are on track to get everything ready to host our, probably our best SummerSlam ever. A lot of guys doing a lot of stuff, but uh, these guys really, really helped me this week. Some of the other guys, uh, they couldn't make it because they fought a fire from like 11 o'clock Wednesday night until um, 2.30 Thursday morning. Well, Friday morning, I guess. I don't know. Like, it was crazy. They got called for their first fire Wednesday at 11 o'clock, and then they had three fires throughout that time. A community business that was like a staple in the community has been ever been around my entire life. So two homes and a business uh, were unfortunately lost, but there was no um, no other businesses or, or houses lost because they were able to contain those fires. But, man, shout out to Stefan, or sorry, shout out to Pat, shout out to Alain. They, um, they, they just went above and beyond these. Like they got, they, these guys got relieved for like an hour in, in a 24 hour period. Wow. Uh, just, yeah, just crazy. They went, they was nonstop. And, uh, last I heard Alain was back on that scene this morning cause it had light lit, started up again. So just mm. insane. Well, well done guys. Yeah. So thank you for your service boys. Keeping our community safe. I'm next. All right. Adriel, you're up. Uh, one to Gavin for putting on the Stop with the Weed course. That was uh, that was excellent. And uh, now I feel more confident in my tourniquet use. Uh, another one to Kelly, Stacy, and Rick for putting on the maple seed and uh, helping to train up the IATs out west here and, and help set up the core. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of work, a lot of vacation time. And then one to Filthy for keeping me company on my way to uh, Red Deer and getting me this cool mug. It says my name on it. It says Slampfire Radio. Oh yeah, well, it's not Phil- signed though, is it? Yeah, Philps Philps is handwritten, man. All artisan style and stuff by me. Fancy. Maven, Maven. I don't know if I want it, but <laughs> <laughs> that and lowers look. the the price of the cup and the value I, of it. You never know, man. That signature might be worth nothing someday. <laughs> There's a sign on the tavern that says, uh, "On this place in 1887." Nothing happened on this site in 1887. Nothing happened. I got a picture. That's good. I like that. All right. Well, my shout outs would be to uh, you guys for being awesome. It was worth the drive to get to hang out with you guys again. And uh, for Kelly, for inviting me to stay at the Airbnb with you guys. That was fantabulous. And Gavin doing the Stop the Bleed course. Jason Phelps for being awesome and putting on a great event for charity. And uh, day after we left the Airbnb, Kelly, Stacy, uh, Ryan, and I uh, went over to the uh, the hills, and we went and hiked our way right up the side of the hills, across basically across from the Airbnb. So that was we all got muddy and slid down the hills. We went to a mud wrestling match. Basically, it was pretty awesome. Uh, filthy. It was good to see you again, brother. It's been way too long. And uh, hello to Adrian and Paul at work, who I work with and our new listeners. So they oh. should be listening to the show. So, cool. Hey, guys. And that's it. Excellent. Uh, Patreon supporters, you should have received your patches in the mail. If you've not received yours in a month, please send an email. Uh, if you want to support us via Patreon, Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash radio. Send us your shekels. We would greatly appreciate it. Helps support the show and lets us do cool stuff. I ran into a listener where? Uh, maybe in Lloyd. It's like, yeah, I'm a Patreon, but you didn't send me any patches. So, but like, email the show and often, and I'll get the patches to you. 
And what would, what would be the email address for that? Slamfireradio at gmail.com. There you go. Uh, you can also support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the links for Cabela's. If you buy something, we get a couple shekels back. Appreciate that. Except for quick disconnect sling swivels, which they apparently do not carry. But I don't know. Maybe they carry them online. I didn't look. Uh, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such specifically as the CCFR. They do good work. You can check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a forum on there and talk about stuff. You can also like us on Facebook. And I don't know. Are we anywhere else other than Facebook? Uh, Instagram. In real life. Like us in real life. That's That's the most important thing. Aw, I like you, buddy. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show, and we'll be back next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Are we live? Maybe live. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah, well, we're live. <clears throat> I don't see the thing coming up on the YouTube yet, though. I'm, I'm giving you the finger guns. Slow down with the finger guns. I've been, I've been doing it for ready. a while now. He's not ready. Get off the new guy's back. My Ooh, God. banned from Florida. That's what you are. For the finger guns? Yeah. You're not allowed to do that there? Nope. Banned. Hmm. 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 All right. Well, whatever. I don't see it. How come we're not coming up on the YouTube thing? So I can track the questions and the comments. Stand by. I mean, I imagine we're live right now. Well, we are live because it says mm-hmm. live right up in the corner there. Live, <laughs> live. yep, yeah, but not live. Uh, if I go to videos, <clears throat> so what happens when you make videos? There. Things just fall right off the rails. That was quick, I actually. I don't think they're actually falling off the rails. I think, I think Trevor just has like he wants control over it, but it's like it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> it's throwing him off his game. Yes, that's right. Look, the tides and the moon are just some of the things in my world I can I control. The YouTube should definitely be a no-brainer. Well, stop eating the tide pods. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so yummy. The YouTube. Should... All right, I don't know what to tell you. It's true, they are delicious. Well, I'm looking at the YouTubes. Hello, Buckshot. Dave's looking at the YouTubes. I don't know. I, I see the YouTubes. Yep. Dave sees the YouTubes. I see Trevor waving stuff around. So I'm assuming we're live. Yes. No, no, no. But if you go to like YouTube on your phone, you don't get normally you get that notification that hey, Slamfire is going live, right? And uh, then people sure. people watch us there and they ask questions and then we cover it later on the show. I guess we're not doing that tonight. Okay, it's live and there's people asking. They're chatting right on it right now. Really? Then why am I not getting the stamp? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Buck says you are on YouTube. Yes. Did yes. you guys block He's me? He's the expert. There probably. We there we go. No, but we I'm in there should. now. Yep, Buckshot Kid. Hello, everyone. Okay, I got it now. I had to go look for it. I didn't get to know it. So whatever. Okay, Dave, the show is all yours. Don't embarrass us. <laughs> I can keep that up for some time. I bet you can. 